What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the A24 with JP. I'm your host, JP, a.k.a. Justin, a.k.a. the one, the only solar player, A24. What is up? I'm here with J-Dog McFly. Yo, what is up? It's J-Dog McFly flying in for another podcast. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thanks. Um, thanks for coming on because you have more subscribers than me, so I'll hopefully get like two more from this. Anyway. Yeah. So, okay. So today we're going to be on the topic of this live stream. The topic today is going to be movies. It's something that me and Solar have been very good at talking about, and I think I want to start off today with talking about a movie that. I have personally had a hyperfixation on recently just because of how good and symbolic it is. That is Inside Out. Inside Out. Definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah, Inside It's it's great. I think the thing with it is now that I've grown up, I've realized that this movie is literally like an extremely smart representation of like what goes yes. on in the mind. No, Whenever no, you're like, like when you turn that age, when everything starts changing, your joy but also sadness is sucked out completely. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, what you used to like, you start, like, going back on and stuff. Because yeah. when I, whenever I was a kid, I always thought to myself, man, all of this could have been prevented, you know, me being little stupid kid, me not understanding what was going on. But the thing with it is that, like, the, like it makes perfect sense because... And, like, watching the movie you really start realizing that this is extremely realistic because, you know, she doesn't feel those emotions for a while. Her parents start talking to her. She feels pretty annoyed about it. You know, all that sort of stuff. And the way they represent it, you know, all the things that she likes slowly getting sucked away is really good. And then in the end, her finally, you know, like, realizing, you know, and I love the whole message of the movie that you got to realize that you can't always be positive because... Yeah. Was it sometimes you can get happiness from being from being sad, like when she found out with that one hockey memory and stuff, where yeah. she was really sad, and then it turned happy, and it all culminates in a really beautiful end to the movie. It's absolutely just it's such a groundbreaking idea for a movie that it makes sense why it was so good in the first place. Yeah, definitely. Before I give my two cents in that, I'm just going to say, viewers, if you see me adjusting my microphone, I want to hear my voice too. So if it looks like I only have one part of my headset on, if not on the way, that's why. I'm not one of those weird people who just don't forget they don't have it on. That was very off topic. But anyway, I definitely agree with you. It's an ama Inside Out is an amazing movie that perfectly captures growing up. It's an amazing metaphor. I watched it. It was f I was five when that came out. I think I was watching it and um and I just thought it was a fun adventure. Oh no, kind of emotional, but I didn't understand it. But then I watched that. I watched the movie like a couple months ago, and I was like, oh, oh wait, I get yeah. it. It was like that one Danny DeVito yeah. movie where he's like, where he's I like, get oh, it now. Man. Oh my god, I get it. And my way is the yeah. background. Yeah, it's it's just absolutely great. There's so many great things about the movie. I love 
the way you know the emotions interact i love all of their unique designs and like their attributes and stuff for most of the movie you don't see them all together but i feel like the movie still finds a good way to just kind of show the relationship between all of them before they go that's how you know a movie's really well paced and also just all the other stuff in long-term memory and everything like all the stuff they put in there explaining why certain things are the way they are are really well done as well and on that note i think another thing i have to praise is the soundtrack of the movie it is so great it's the best way to describe it's like modern interpretive music in a way like it it feels very much it's the perfect kind of music to just you know that just kind of encapsulates what it would be like inside your mind and it has that kind of uh freeformness to it all it's very well uh orchestrated on that point and i just wanted to add in that note if there's any it, it, because people are always going to ask hey what's your fav- favorite emotion in the movie i'll be happy to tell you that all this time, fear was always my favorite out of the five. You know I was, what was it? Ever since I was five. Who? Anger. Who? Anger. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I, the, I, like the dumb commercial, I think. That scene. I love that, I love that scene when I was like a little, a little boy. I have like this, yeah. I, I got it for Christmas one year. I think it was like I was six. It was like, it's like this plush of anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, um, was it? I, I would main whenever, I, because I had this little known game that not many people know about now called Disney Infinity. And whenever the, uh, whenever the third game, the, the third Disney Infinity released, one of the little stories in it was this Inside Out one. And I would always main, was it fear in it since he was always my favorite i just relate to him the most and i think he has like the most relatable scenes to me and yeah i think that's uh go that's uh that on that sort of front and yeah i I love the attention to detail when they go to other people's mind who's at the head of the table like i think think for the dad it was anger for the bus driver at the end of the credits it was everyone was anger yeah the 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 mom mom was sadness sadness yeah it was good Uh detail and did you know that they had two versions of the movie for different countries one in japan they yeah i know instead of broccoli they ate green peppers because kids like broccoli there yeah and they have a soccer game in everywhere except america and canada instead of hockey Uh uh-huh yeah that's uh that is definitely i didn't know about that i like the uh yeah i do uh i didn't know about that um i think another thing i just have to say about the movie is what actually two things one it's one of those movies that have sparked my imagination again now whenever i think of stuff i just think to myself man i wonder what it'd be like inside of my head and stuff it isn't uh was it um i feel like i'll get a full picture whenever the second movie releases but i think another thing i have to uh, we'll get to that real soon. Um, yeah. I think the last thing I'll say for Inside Out is, I don't know how to describe it, but this movie ha- this movie somehow has scenes that perfectly like encapsulate this warm, fuzzy feeling. Like, like you know, the scene whenever they're whenever you know, like she goes to sleep after moving to the new house, and Joy brings in like the hockey, 
like the skating memory her skating on the ice and she kind of skates with it with the little piano music playing in the background and of course like the ending part as well i think that the music and everything just culminates and makes a really really well done movie definitely um i was gonna say something the movie uh bing bong we haven't talked about bing bong yet bing bong first of all i have to open this with a question spoilers for whoever's not seen inside out which i think is like one person it's a big movie (laughs) no but does when someone asks riley did you ever have an imaginary friend does she just say uh i don't think so i don't remember because yeah is that what happens bing bong's gone dead Dead. Gone. He there's was it he's not there anymore. He he's gone. Wake up. Wake yeah. up. Was it amazing <laughs> Yeah, I like the way it uh very much feels sympathy for him. I like the first example of sadness working better than happiness to help sadness with Judge just trying like everything. I think I remember Someone talking about how the movie perfectly encapsulates toxic joy, yeah, like toxic happiness, which is do you want? Might have been him. Yeah, something about that. But like, and I think some therapist said it as well. But like, the movie perfectly encapsulates. Like, you can't just force yourself to be like happy. Like, imagine how the ending of the movie would have gone if Joy only made back to headquarters and was it Riley came home with a big smile on her face and it's like, where have you been? And she's like giggling and laughing about it. They just throw her into her room and ground her for seven years. You're grounded! <laughs> One thing I have to say about the movie is it, it finds a way to be emotional and very funny. Mm. Like, I, I, not many movies do that. It's either either emotional or funny. This one does both. One of my favorite <laughs> jokes, jokes was, it was Bing Bong. See, look, it's a shortcut. Uh, what do you mean? That's not a, no, C-D-A-N-G-E-R. Shortcut. Oh, shortcut. Such, <laughs> such, like, I like, that joke's been in my mind I like since that. I was five. I think my favorite humor from the mo- my favorite joke in the whole movie. Um, just want to mention real quick that same scene. I always loved that. I loved the uh, whole thing of them changing forms. Yeah. You know, them turning two D, then turning into shapes. The the whole thing was it. Me as a kid, always loved scenes in movie wherever they change the art style. The moment they turned two D, I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. I also found out that apparently. In theaters, and I think if you watch the scene with headphones, they actually change the audio as the scene's going on. Because whenever they're like blocking in 3D, it's regular like 3D stereo sound. Then whenever they switch to 2D, it's only like the front speakers really? that are playing. And then whenever it goes to a non-figurative, like the last one, it gets sort of like muffled and like less, like I think less powerful mics and stuff like that. I need, I need to rewatch the movie because that sounds awesome. Uh, I think it only really works though with like headphones if you like watch the scene. But, um, anyways, uh, was it your okay? Yeah, my favorite joke in the movie personally was I like the dream sequence. I like whenever fear was uh watching the dream sequence like the dream sequence while joy and sadness were there and stuff and he was the one on dream duty how at first like he was he was just staying there like oh hey teeth are falling out oh she's a bad actor let me guess are we don't have any pants look she doesn't have any pants called it she's like he's like pulling all the shots because it's predictable and then the dog comes in and comes apart and he like freaks out and then just switches to random stuff and he's like boo pick a plot line and then he just gets scared awake by the clown at the end yeah 
I love I love how how detailed they go into the the mind world when they leave the little headquarters. Yeah. And like yeah, movies, dreams or movies your mind makes. I don't know what the hell my yeah. mind is doing then. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, definitely. Uh, like the way they do it, I'm looking forward to if the sequel explores even more of the mind. And on that note, let's switch over to talking about how I'm actually genuinely hyped for the sequel. Inside Out Two, I'm I'm pretty hyped uh-huh. too because Pixar knows how to make sequels, unlike mm-hmm. Disney, because Disney mm-hmm. just makes direct-to-video crap. Listen. There's been people who've talked about like how like sometimes Pixar makes bad sequels because I remember a bunch of people talking about stuff like people saying Toy Story 4 wasn't that great or Incredibles 2 Everyone wasn't that great Cars and stuff. Cars 2 is an example though because Cars 2 uh, sucked. If my friend Van is watching yeah. this video, Cars 2 sucks, okay? I don't care that you have a Cars 2 blanket. <laughs> Cars 2 sucks and you're not going to and you're never going to live that down, but Cars 2 is a bad movie. Get that in your head. Dang gun. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I have faith in the. I think everyone. This is probably, I think, the most positive I've seen any everyone react to like there being a Pixar sequel for something because there's always been people who make these videos being like, I'm scared for the sequel, like being the title. And then it's just like, here's the thing I'm scared about. And they explain like all the things that are going, that'll probably go wrong with it and their fears for the sequel and how it will ruin the franchise. But I've seen so many people, even people who have been worried about other sequels for stuff actually say that they're pretty excited and have good hopes for this one. And I am too. Guy. I've been, uh, I don't think I've seen him say anything about it, but uh, if he. You guys don't know. There's a six-hour video analysis of oh. why Toy Story Four sucks. Six hours. Yeah, the guy is the guy's channel is Gaming Magic, uh, thirteen, and he was it uh. By the way, I just I'm looking on his channel again. No, he did not say anything about uh inside out too but yeah hits his channel i've there's been like some things was it um like was it he said uh i've heard like some things that apparently he's not that good with video games he's talked about uh he's very strong with his like opinions about things um and i've seen some examples of that but i won't get into too detail here the politician of media like he he got mad at his friend for liking the ending of toy story 4 he called people who liked sonic adventure 2 insane he didn't like super mario 64 he didn't like super mario 64 because it quote unquote did not age well and that's why i said it's one of the worst games he's played he's definitely very he's definitely very odd but i commend him for like how much passion he has yeah that's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Anyway, I will say, though, that Toy Story... That Toy Story 4... Uh, that's the last thing I'm going to say. That Toy Story 4 thing... Being honest, there are mainly a bunch of... Like, a, he brings up a lot of good points, but a lot of it is also just a bunch of nitpicks that aren't real criticism. Like, he talks about how things are so coincidental in the movie and how certain things don't make sense, <laughs> which are a lot more of, like... And how, like, certain characters don't look how they did in other things, which is not criticism that's opinions yeah. but yeah that's the last thing i'll say I'm, about I'm, him i'm just gonna give one thing about it toy story 4 before giving my sense for um what's it called inside out 2. inside out too 
Toy Story 4, my least favorite thing about it. I think it was a mid movie. Pretty mid. But my least favorite thing, <laughs> Bonnie broke Andy's promise. Are we not going to talk yeah. about that? Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> I saw that, yeah, that one piece of meme art where it's just, like, bon like Andy, like, holding Bonnie up by the shirt being like, what'd you do with Woody? Like, that whole thing. Just let him go. And apparently the fifth movie that's been announced, Andy's gonna be back. So we'll see if he ru tries to run her over with a big semi-truck. Also, I don't like what Woody does in toys, both Toy Story 3 and 4. Andy wanted Woody, but then Woody hid in the box to guilt Andy into giving it to Bonnie. And then, Cheers. also, also, I also don't like how he betrayed the gang to go with his old girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Was it, uh... Okay, here's the thing with Toy Story 3. Yeah, I don't worry. This is okay. I was, this is my opinion for your saying for the Toy Story three thing. Here's the thing: is the whole point of that was it wasn't meant to guilt trip him. It was supposed to see what Andy was gonna do and if he was ready to like you know give him up or like not and stuff. If Andy would have taken him to college, would he would have gone with it and stuff? It was what he was doing was he was leaving it. He he was basically, I think, silently telling him, I think this would be a good idea, but if you want to keep on to me, then that's perfectly fine, too. It was basically giving him the decision. But, and, but Andy felt like, too, because, like, you're not just going to take a toy away from a kid and go, no, no, you little, that's mine. Not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, back on topic. Inside, uh, inside Out. I'm, uh -huh. I'm very Where are your hyped thoughts? for it. I'm very hyped for it. Um, we're not gonna get to the big elephant in the room that you, that, the, the thing that you liked, and I'm, I'm excited for. We're gonna get to that elephant in the room. Hopefully you're picking up on what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks, it looks, just from that one minute teaser, it looks very good. It looks like they, uh -huh. at the end of Inside Out, they kinda hinted at, is it gonna end here or will there be a sequel when uh -huh. they said, what's puberty? Uh -huh. And What's puberty? That's probably not that important. Besides, Riley's 12 now. What could happen? And then in this one, we see that little... By the way, I like that little snippet we see of, like, re like real life. Riley as It's always nice whenever Pixar shows off their upgrading in animation. And I think it fits... The characters look pretty good with, like, the upgrade animation here. And you see that she's turning 13 and stuff. All that sort of no, gig. No, and so I like the whole... My, my thing, biggest thing, sorry for interrupting, I'm excited for is I'm the same age as Riley. When this movie comes out, unless it's late 2024 oh and I'll be, I'll be, uh, past March 2024, I'll be 14 at that point. But I'm like, oh, the same age. Well, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be older because I think it said it's releasing in June. Well, I'm still going to, I'm still going to definitely relate to it. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's that definite whole thing. Um, I like the whole I like the whole scene of them coming in with the demo. It's demo day and just destroying everything and then leaving without explaining anything. Yeah. Uh, the Ozzy Osbourne yes. song playing in the back. Also, here's a thing to note is apparently, I think because of contracting issues, they did replace the actors who played Fear and Disgust in the first movie, though from from it so far, I don't really see that much of a difference. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. uh, should we get to... The big elephant in the room? Yeah, even though it's pretty small. Yeah. But... It's pretty... Yeah. The elephant um, in the room would have was... been Bing Bong, but he's dead. 
<laughs> on the third on the third day he has risen. Ping Bong has risen. Um, that is the second Bible he, joke in this podcast. Oh my god. Me and Jeff um, had a one minute long Old Testament of Yoshi discussion. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. First of all, I, I just gotta say I like I love the idea that they're adding in new emotions. I love that idea. Like, we get to see anxiety for the first time here, and I like the way that they reveal it, too, where I'm imagining how it's gonna... I, I like, I'm imagining how it's gonna play out in the movie where it's probably gonna be like, you know, Riley's gonna do something or something. She's, like, about to do something, but then she starts feeling really, like, anxious and, like, I think kind of nervous or, like, anxious and kind of panicky about, like, something then you know like an orange ball comes in as a memory and they're just oh. like orange who made the console orange and then they start backing away and then they see anxiety yeah, and, the, and then um, like the oh wait who's we then they're just gonna add we. more don't wasn't there like different things for what the elements would could be there's anxiety um, for sure. There's yeah. Was it? There's the whole thing is they revealed it. Yeah, it's okay. The four new emotions because they even teased what they look like, sort of, in, in like the post they they released for the movie. The new emotions are anxiety, which is orange, embarrassment, which is pink. Uh, was it envy, which is cyan, and then uh, and you. And new and you, which is I think French for boredom or like laziness, like boredom basically, and like she, uh, they're boredom. Well, they're clearly saying like and you and stuff in the uh, movie, but um, and they're like indigo and stuff. But we, yeah, we see like a little snip bit of them as like a sort of like you know in the. And, like, the poster that was released for the movie, we see them, like, lifting the ground, and you kind of, like, see uh, the top of their faces. Yeah. That whole shipping. Anyway, this is just uh, what the podcast is going to be. We've been talking about one or two movies, same series, for 21 minutes and 48 seconds. Oh, wow. That is surprising. Um, I want to say, okay, wait a minute. Before we move on to something else, like, you're probably hinting at i i gotta say the last few things the reason why like you know like the whole seeing anxiety thing is like really excited and stuff is the fact that one i like because you know how in pop culture it's literally just been like the main five and stuff like that i like the fact that they're adding more to like kind of expand the universe and show more emotions i'm looking forward to what like interactions are going to be in the movie because of these four new emotions and um because i've always i i already like thought of some scenarios and stuff and um and I just, I remember I explained this to you, I think, in one of the servers, is that I think seeing embarrassment, or no, not embarrassment, anxiety for the first time was sort of like the same vibe as, as like a seeing a new, seeing a new Pokemon for the first time, where it's a cool new design for something that's really great and stuff. And it's like, ooh, way, this is really cool. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Uh -huh. Anyway, um, let me move on to the next movie. We could talk for a few more minutes about this. Could I choose it? Because you chose the last one. All right, yeah. Um the yeah, there's uh that whole thing. Um I thought of yeah, you know, like I already stated, I thought of a bunch of scenarios that could happen in the movie. There there's a lot. I'm very curious to how they handle it. I even I think made like I like I made like little um 
little was it like kind of drawings of my predictions for what uh their full designs are gonna look like and i just like how some of these like new designs are are of like emotions that did go unused but like the designs are so different like how there's this big like popular thing that went around how like there's a uh was it one of the unused <laughs> emotions in the first inside out Excuse me. was uh uh it's okay one of the unused designs for emotions in the first movie was envy and it's sort of like this sort of slick mob boss kind of slender figure and stuff that's kind of like pointy and like you know he looks very sly and stuff and then we have envy in this movie being this small little big-eyed hairball just like looking at everything i think that's kind of fun in total i'm excited for this one because i'm excited about how they're gonna because i've just been i've just loved inside out recently so far and i'm very excited for what they are going to do with it and i'm excited for whenever we do see the full designs and i love the little meme i got out of nu being like lifting up the ground and it's like me coming out of the me coming out of the void to see who asked yeah i'll show that on screen three two one there you go people watching it on youtube because people people on apple podcasts and google podcasts i think spotify shows it apple podcasts and google podcasts aren't gonna see that but i don't think anyone listens to this on apple podcasts or google podcasts Anyway, I'm just yeah, who needs that? My, my wrap up, um, very um, Inside Out Two. I'm really excited, and I think it's going to be about puberty because 13. You yeah. Know? But and I think they're going to do it right, unlike Turning Red, which only one gender can relate to. Like I watched Turning yeah. Red, I was just like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, it's, it's like, a little. That movie's a little. I'm not a girl. Yeah, like that movie's a little, a little odd and stuff hey at least it doesn't have anything to do with 9-11 cough 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 if you know what i'm talking about um yeah it was it was yeah (laughs) i can't i still can't believe that thing happened or like was it the video that that guy made um you said something about you like you know going through through uh puberty i was just thinking to myself the reoccurring meme of you see i like this movie because there's this panic attacks scene in it and that's cut off because like yeah. that people are now because i think they made they said like you know a character said oh, i'm having a panic attack in the uh in the teenage kraken movie and stuff and now people are just making jokes of like panic panic attacks now being overused yeah, in animated no, movies only, and it's like good panic attack they did one in velma which which was horrible i'm not getting into that but oh, yeah. boots too did it um, did it did it amazingly and that was the only movie to do it amazingly yeah uh was it you kind of your voice kind of blacked out there, but you mean Puss in Boots 2, right? Yes, Puss in Boots 2. Yeah, very well well done. So what do you want to move on to next, okay. Mr. Flair? I'm going to move on to this movie. Me and you have seen a movie we've gone on for hours about for even little specific things that not a lot of people have the level of appreciation and respect for this movie like we do. And I'm talking about the B movie. The B movie, two thousand seven. I don't know why, but a part of me was thinking you were gonna segue into Ratatouille, and you just no, saying the B movie was the most, <laughs> the most hilarious. Thing. All right, now, these are winter boots. Think of one. 
No, we can talk about Ratatouille then. Maybe even Puss in Boots 2 later on. I don't know. We'll think. We still got a lot of time for this episode. This probably, this could be, this is most likely going to be the longest episode of the podcast. It's, yeah. It's already been 30 minutes and we're on our second movie. Yeah. So, these are winter boots. <laughs> these are winter boots. Anyway, one was... thing we've talked about, me, me and J-Dog here, is how, uh-huh. if you guys haven't seen the boot movie, there's a character named Ken. Ken. And I'll sum up the plot of the movie real quick. There's a bee, doesn't want to do bee stuff, tries to live on, meets a human girl, weird bestiality plots, and then the, <laughs> then the, then the girlfriend, then the, the girl, his, her boyfriend Ken, is like, why are you leaving me for a bee? And really sad. Why is yogurt night so difficult? Difficult, <laughs> and like it just, it's just, it just uh, goes from like crazy thing that uh, we've described it. This movie goes from different styled movie to different styled movie. Yeah, it goes it from a, a standard drama to, halfway through. That becomes an airplane movie. It becomes like a yeah. love movie. It's, it's, it is the everything movie. Yeah. Inside Out Two says it's the, it's the everything movie. No, this is the everything yeah. movie. The most the hate comes because it's like too all over the place like it's not supposed to uh, win an oscar it's not i mean I, the I movie used to be i didn't mean to do that like I, I think the um i think that the movie was hated was oh i think the um movie wasn't the <laughs> I think the movie wasn't liked back then because it was ahead of its time. Now everyone loves it because it's Gen Z humor. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> also, they, they have one of the worst jokes ever because it's, it wasn't a bad joke at the time, but it's aged horribly. There's a scene. There's an old lady Uh-oh. uses honey in her teeth. Police come, shove her neck down, and she goes, I can't breathe. Like, that did not. Uh, that did not. Yeah. That, that did not age that good. Yeah. Um, I I can't stop. I I have to say this line. I have to say this line. It's the because it's just on my mind right now when we're talking about it. It's after they have the big fight. Ken has the big awesome anime fight with yeah. Barry in the bathroom, and then like she she was it the uh, girlfriend gets him oh, out, and it's I just know. like, well, you don't you don't know that, but Barry's the nicest bee I've met in a long time. Long time. What are you talking about? Are there other Bugs in your life? <laughs> yeah, that that. <laughs> yeah. I we have gone on to state that Ken is the most sane person in the movie. I know he's and the only moral person in this madness. And look, I feel <laughs> so bad he doesn't get a good ending. Like, okay, it's a bee. Why is your why is your girlfriend cheating on you with a bee? That's gonna die in like a few weeks. Yeah. What is she gonna go from bee to bee and create like some weird humanoid bee thing that lasts like that lives like thirty years? Oh no. Oh no. My dog hears no, my we're dog's gonna... barking right now. I think he hears what we're talking about and goes like Porkin! Porkin! <laughs> I think that's what he's trying it's, to say it's... in dog language. Oh my god, that movie is just absolutely comical. We had a fun time watching it we one of the movie, movie nights. Night. It was hey, so go on my hilarious. Server, we could watch. We have movie nights. We've watched uh, Kung Fu Panda the B movie and uh, most recently Ratatouille, which we could get into later if we choose to. But anyway, back to the B movie. Well, the best thing about it is bonkers. Like it's not the best movie you'll ever see, not even close. But it's fun. It's it's funny. It's one of the, it's DreamWorks is one of their funniest movies. The yeah, it has the, well-timed. that is it's just so that good. is why 
Yeah, I was going to say, that is why, because you still have to see it, um, Solar Flare, because I've talked to you about this before. I, I say that a lot. Uh, yeah, the boss bait. It is, people really hate that movie and stuff, but honestly, I find it on, like, the same level of hilarious and insane as the B movie. I literally think to myself that the boss baby is the perfect successor to the B movie because it is that wild. And I'm telling you, Solar Flare, you need to watch that movie because if if you like the B movie, I have a strong feeling you're going to like the boss baby. It's that level of bonkers. That's the other one. I'll check it out. I'll... <clears throat> It was on Netflix last time I checked, or they could have removed it, though. But I'll, I'll probably give it a go sometime when I'm bored. And I'm like, hmm, time to watch The Boss, baby. Uh-huh. I remember, I, for some reason, Wait. Alec Baldwin is The Boss, baby. That's yeah, Alec. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's some yeah. good stuff. But honestly, like, I think another thing to say about the B-movie, we're gonna get to the... Was it? We're gonna get to the God Liquid soon, yes. but before we gonna, get to I that, I have to. Uh, we're not. We're gonna get to it soon, soon, but to segue into that, I was gonna say that this movie looks up. This movie came out the same year as Ratatouille, and while Ratatouille still looks way, way better, I'll say this is for not being a Disney-funded project. Yeah. It is a really good-looking movie. Like I'm shocked it comes out that when it did. Yeah. For some reason, I get the same vibes as the B-movie, all the colors and stuff. The same vibes I get uh-huh. from the game Pikmin 3. Yeah, it's why. it's like... And the fruit from Yoshi's Woolly World in the bonus games. Those three things yeah. get the same vibes. Yeah, and speaking of things that are yummy and delicious, we're gonna talk about one of the most godlike liquids in the whole movie that, that has no right looking as good as it does. We're talking about the honey. Right. I don't know what they do. They What they do, the honey. When they make the honey, it's just an amazing process. When they just show the honey anywhere, it looks like the greatest thing your taste buds will ever feel. It looks yeah, like it's so good. amazing. It's like, it's like they hit it out. It's like DreamWorks hit it out of the park with honey, just like how Studio Ghibli hits it out of the park with food. Yeah. Imagine. It is so we have Studio good. Ghibli I'm going to eat it. DreamWorks. Studio Ghibli and DreamWorks do like a Wish type thing, the new movie Wish coming out, how it's like half 2D and uh-huh. half 3D. We do that with Ghibli and DreamWorks team up to make yeah. a breakfast where they have the eggs and the bacon from Howl's Moving Castle, and then they have uh-huh. toast, but then they get the B-movie uh-huh. honey on it. Uh-huh. We gotta... I mean, I'm not... I'm still... Was it hopefully DreamWorks would be able to sp- spruce it up a little bit because we've seen what Studio Ghibli's food looks like in 3D and cough, cough, earwig and the witch. Cough, mm, cough. We're that. Yeah, we're not talking about that disgrace. That yeah. disgrace! You fool! Yeah. Yeah. Even it's, uh... But yeah... Anyway, uh, it is a wild movie. It is a wild movie with great with great honey and an even greater, more hilarious plot. The plot's so good. Are, is she... scenes are the courtroom scenes. I like it a lot. Is, is she your little uh, bed bug? <laughs> bed bug is good. Was, also, they, they, have the, they have the, they have the, that. the bed bug. They also have the something, something, something like... I forget the line, but then the to the white man, then the black man, and, and I just 
Just away. <laughs> I'm not one of these guys. Don't worry. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's so. I whenever he said that is is she your little mm, bit yeah, bug? Dude. I literally convulged in my seat. I was like, bro, that, that's, that's too big for him. I know, that's too like, big for him. I know, but like, 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 he's like the size of a bee. I'm not trying to get into this much because this, 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 this is the second joke like this on this podcast because me and Jeff have one like this. But like, uh, uh, but like, that's just crazy. And my favorite, uh, my yeah, favorite. My favorite, uh, was, those courtroom scenes were good. Mm-hmm. My, I, I was, I was gonna say, um, we're waiting, f- we're waiting for, uh, man, don't you love the infamous scene in the B movie where Barry B. Benson looks over at the girl and says, nice smile. If you know what I'm talking about. Sonic 06, that's what he's referencing. Yes, and yes, that, yes. We're... <laughs> Sonic 06 in the B movie have the same weirdness to them like the same yeah. relationship however uh sonic 06 has the more negative aura while b movie has the more positive aura yeah because like definitely and i like how barry get, ha, lives a double life as um as a polo jock but also a player and as someone who's considered going into law i i appreciate that and I love how a minor character that they had, Moose Blood, that that one scene on the truck when going to shut down Honey Farms. Oh, we haven't even gotten mm-hmm. into Honey Farms. Oh when my god. Honey Farms. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, but Moose Blood, just this cool guy, voiced by Chris Rock. Oh, good, good thing uh-huh. Will Smith wasn't in there. But, but uh, I was all. Mouth. Um, it was. We're getting to the bit, the, the the absolutely hilarious. I keep cracking up at the honey farm scene because of how overly evil the people are there for no reason. They make the honey while we make the money. And I love. There was a they scene make from the Incredibles. honey while we make the money. There was a scene from the amazing movie, amazing scene where Mr. Uh-huh. Incredible finds out the truth about the superheroes. When I think uh-huh. when Barry realizes how many bees they're keeping and how much they're smoking, uh, and it pans out to see all that, I feel like that's a scene Barry Barry discovers the truth. Truth. Um, you have uh, that same soundtrack. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you got like the people scraping the honey off with like laughing maniacally at each other that's yeah, so the, gold and then the we could we had no choice to move here they took our queen and then it's like a man. that's a man and a woman's that's a man in a woman's clothes if they made that joke nowadays they twitter.com would shut that down like in five seconds um be larry king be larry king how could they get away with just going that deep into it? That seems so clever because they have the little things down there. And I love how uh-huh. Barry just goes ahead and calls Larry King very Jewish. Very Jewish. Larry King is one of two DreamWorks movies. He played B. Larry King. Actually, three, four, maybe. Barry B. Larry King, but he also played Doris in Shrek 2 and 3. Wow. By Shrek, by Shrek 3, I don't know what I was talking about there. I think that's a fan fiction, actually. I don't think Shrek 3 is real. Yeah, I don't think I don't know what you're talking about. Shrek three isn't real. Wake up. Yeah. Wake up. It's, it goes. Wake up. One, two, forever after. Yeah, they're, they're, I don't know what you're talking about with any sort of. Last wish thing. Yeah. I don't know the last yeah. wish. I wonder if they had one before that. I don't think so though. I don't know. I don't think so. Anyway, B movie. Um, movie. 
Very Jewish. According to Barry the Larry King. <laughs> yeah, some good, uh, some uh, pretty good stuff there. Um, <clears throat> now that we talked, that we had our fix of the B movie, uh, you know what? Um, <clears throat> how about a Solar Flare, what movie you want to talk about next? Hmm. Well, there's a lot of movies out there. Let's yeah, there's a lot to, of... Let's stick to a... the medium of animation today, just to make yeah, things all Yeah, yeah. We're just going to stick to the medium of animation. Animation. Um, hmm. Oh, I know. Uh, Big spoiler warning, because this movie's kind of recent, but Across the Spider-Verse. Oh my god. I've. I've th- yeah, I'll, this movie. I'll put a timestamp. Everyone watching, if you have not seen Spider Verse 2, skip to this moment in the video that I'm pointing at right now. Mm-hmm. Skip to this moment because we're going to go into some spoilers. Anyway, three, yeah. two, one, last chance. You still there? Miguel. Miguel. The spot. Spider Man dies. Spider Man dies. Spider Man dies. <laughs> yeah i've i've like i've talked with this movie in depth with like so many people so far um so at this point it's basically just me saying the same thing of like this movie is absolutely phenomenal i love all the stuff they uh but uh, just absolutely amazing they managed to be even better than the first movie I do not know how they did that, but it's like a Shrek 2 situation. Beyond the Spider-Verse, I hope it doesn't go Shrek 3 3 mode, but Beyond the Spider-Verse is most likely going to be even better. Yeah, even like, oh my god, whenever it releases, because the writer's strike now kind of put it wherever the heck it's going to go now. I don't care about your work, just take whatever money you get and make Spider-Man. Yeah, makes. I need photos of Spider Man. Is that movie was gonna come out on my birthday? That would have been hype. But what they did, uh-huh. I'm happy about this. They decided to move Kung Fu Panda four to March 29th, so I still get my birthday movie. Yeah, that's right. You know, you got Kung Fu Panda four coming out then. Yeah. Um, uh, I will say this. I don't think I want to go too overly in deep about Spider Verse because I've just talked about so much already with so many different people. But I'll just say, like, you know, what I gotta say, absolutely amazing animation, absolutely great storytelling. I love the way that everything's presented. Amazing music. Oh my god. The score's amazing, but also the licensed music is even better. Like, like, yeah. like, there's so many good songs. My favorite one's probably Annihilate. Yo, Wheezy Card might as well be Peter Parker. I'm Spider-Man. So, so, better by... I don't know, it's just really... Yeah, that... They that whole so many, thing. I found out. So many big rappers on that too. I really like the song they played whenever uh, was it Miles falls into like whenever he, that whole scene where he's falling into Mumbaton and stuff. I found out that that was also a licensed song. Apparently, that one's pretty good. Um, I like like I said, I like how many like I love. I still love the way that they treat canon in the movie because with how they treat canon, it's like these things have to happen, and if they don't, this uh the world will cr- 
crumble apart and stuff. Like you have um, and I love the way that Miguel is sort of an example of you know how like in so many pieces of fiction there's something that you don't like that you like want to change about it and stuff he was the person that went in and did it he decided since he wanted a family to go in and take the place of the version of him that died in that universe but because he was just like oh i died in this universe see this universe i'm gonna go to this one now like how did he because he had no one he he had like no one in his he had no one in that universe. He said that he he saw himself with a family in that universe and he wanted to have that. So he so went like, in, he replaced like the one the that died. Did he have the cannon in front of him? I don't know how he went there. Yeah, and so and then you know it all fell apart and stuff and you know he learned his lesson. I like how Miguel is sort of a tragic character in a way where he's he's antagonistic but you still understand what's going on with him because he's literally just trying to keep everything down and in shape and stuff. But he's also definitely the bad guy. You can definitely admit that. The bad. He's not the biggest of bad in the movie. There's another guy. You got, the you got the, I created you. You created me. Spider-Man, why did you create that guy? I didn't. <laughs> Such a good character. My favorite scene in the whole movie is where, like, he's floating into the reactor. And we're like, come on, wait. No, we all, everyone respects you now. Nobody thinks you're, you're a villain of the week. Not after this. And he snips the steel spider webs. Spider-Man's webs are like steel, according to some. Uh-huh. And he just snips it with his two fingers and goes into the reactor. And then you have that really cool scene where the extremely ominous spot music plays, where like yeah. him and Miles have that like two D vision. Uh huh. And it like has that two D like vision and stuff where like we get to see like everything falling apart and like you know his dad running towards like the following building and i love that during that if you pause you can see little like snippets that are probably gonna be in the third movie where you have like a bunch like thousands of spider people dead on like basically on the ground bed dead and stuff and then you also have a they have like miles jumping towards a really giant um spot yeah and don't they also Uh You found this out. They also hide yeah. Polar Miles. Yeah. Yeah, in the beginning part wherever he's telling his backstory and stuff, he says he got a he got a uh I warped a spider from another universe into this one. And when you see them taking it out of the universe, you see Prowler Miles in the background, like doing homework and stuff, like which is so cool. And it goes by like like nothing and stuff. It's absolutely yeah. wild. The first time you watch the movie, you're like, that was so good, but what the hell happened? Second time, what the hell happened? Third time, what the hell happened? You get it time, now. Oh my god, I get it now. <laughs> no, but like, like it takes four tries. It took me four tries to actually get the movie, and it makes so much sense. Of course, Sp- Miles shouldn't exist. They already had a spider. Man. Of course, Earth 42 Miles should have existed because there wasn't a Spider Man, but they uh-huh. swapped up. And Miles was yeah, supposed was to be the Prowler. Spider Man Miles was supposed yeah, it... to be the Prowler. They switched teams like Michael Jackson. <laughs> um, but what is it? Um, like you remember, I remember you pointed this out. You said that, uh, Whenever Miles, whenever like you know Miles gets saved by Spider Man, he like senses his like senses start out like purple, purple and green and, and stuff, and then and then it switches, uh, and it switches over and stuff. Whenever that is the moment that that cannon broke. Yeah, I feel like that's supposed to be. I love how much they build upon like little 
like little secrets that can be seen in like the first movie. It just makes you look back to the first no, movie and realize the that there's movie, so much. When I watched the first movie, the spider goes in like a glitch and it has 42 on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, I don't think, and I think, I don't think it's because they actually told you the universe number of miles is. So you never really figured out like yeah, exactly what that was supposed to be like. Until Uncle Aaron comes up in the dead's dead, and then and then Gwen, we haven't even met, we haven't even said the word Gwen. Oh my god, oh my god, that that opening scene, her universe is so beautiful. It's like the watercolors and like like whenever I remember I said like whenever she jumps and whenever she gets ready for action and stuff, and she jumps into the sky, and you just see the freaking like the lines of like color going up into the white sky i was actually blown away i was like holy crap that's great and i love the way that colors change in the scene like whenever she hugs her dad gets all warm and stuff and i like one thing i one thing i really like one thing i really like is whenever she's having conversations with her dad it's both whenever she gets found out about her identity which is so cool that they actually had that happen and so you see what happens the bad the worst case scenario of that happening and stuff which is like i think a like you usually see that with spider-man and stuff uh-huh. And they have that whole thing. And I like whenever they have like those conversations, how the background, it doesn't have to care about consistency. It cares about emotion and the, their backgrounds just change to like what they're feeling at the moment, like these beautiful paint watercolor paintings of what they're feeling and stuff. Well, like whenever she says, say, whenever the dad, oh, yeah, his dad, her dad, um, her dad did something I'll never forgive. He said the word big, big mystery. You can't swear. Yes, mister. You can't swear. No, even though Miles. You said the. You said the word. You can't say the word. There you go, for kids. Yeah, Miles, Miles, or Spider-Man, Osmo. Yeah, but no, but the dad. I love the father-daughter relationship in that movie. Uh, uh, like was it whenever she said whenever the dad says how long have you been lying to me it then cuts to her and you see like some sort of faded symbol of Gwen spider woman and stuff in the background and stuff and then whenever he's feeling isolated you see that like one streak of white in the background as it's like zooming into him and whenever at the end whenever she's being she she's like forgiving her and stuff you see like the colors get like more light and stuff and you see like all these light shapes in the background you see kind of like some sort of in a way some sort of solar system that's around the dad that's like full of light colors that gets even brighter whenever she hugs the dad oh my god it's so good i remember this is off this is off topic of talking about gwen but i remember actually hearing that apparently it took like i think it took like three years for them to figure out how hobie was animated yeah hobie hobie's my favorite character in the movie for the record, like I quit. A, he's, like a, he's like an anarchist. It's so cool. Uh, he's like the only he was. He was cool. British person. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty uh, fun. Uh, it's a pretty cool there. Yeah, I remember. I found out that fact that he's probably, I think, one of the most, like, I think the most visually striking things in the movie because it apparently took like years for them to figure out how to like do that effect for him in 3d yeah anyway let's wrap up spider-verse for now because like 
let's wrap that up amazing mm-hmm. movie amazing score amazing story amazing villains amazing characters amazing everything and it's an amazing movie they do leave us off on a cliffhanger which i actually really like because if they tried to do a third act it would have been a three-hour movie yeah yeah definitely three-hour movie really isn't that what i had to sit through oppenheimer for th- three hours it was an amazing movie oh. best movie i've ever seen not my favorite but definitely the best but during the second hour i was like is this thing gonna end Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can definitely have, like, yeah, I mean, wasn't that what Infinity War, no, not Infinity War, Endgame, isn't that what Endgame was? Three hours, yeah. Um, in conclusion, yes, great movie, I can't wait for, in, I can't wait for the next seven years whenever Beyond releases. Yeah. I mean, uh, it took, it took five from Into yeah. the Across. I mean, honestly, I I have to say this, honestly, whenever they revealed, I remember like seeing this whole thing time about this is a little bit of a controversy with the movie. So there's this whole thing where in different theaters and stuff, they show different, um, like different things, depending on like, you know, like where it was showing and stuff in different theaters. And everyone was thinking, oh, they're making their own little Mandela effect. They're having like different yeah, versions yeah. of the movie. That's really cool. And then and then whenever it got put on uh streaming and like blu-ray and stuff there was even more differences and it was does actually it revealed watch, does it change each time you watch it or is it one definitive version no on on like streaming and like blu-ray and stuff it's one definitive it's it's like another definitive version after the two that were in the theaters they like change more things with like audio and apparently it was actually because um it was apparently because the director just couldn't make up his mind about what he wanted in the movie. Heck, I remember hearing that, like, it was the, the whole ending of, the, like, the last some like the last 30 minutes of the movie, like, you know, like that whole climax and like, you know, whenever he's in the wrong universe and stuff and everything and whenever, like, you know, that whole thing, like the whole ending of the movie was only added like six weeks before the movie released six in theaters. Weeks. Uh huh. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely honest. Even if they were gonna release the ninth movie next year, it wouldn't have happened. There would have had to be a delay anyway because of how much they did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Spider Verse, let's wrap that up. Very amazing movie, like I said. Jada, what mm-hmm. do you think we should talk about next? We're at 53 minutes. We've and we've gone through three movies three movies um i think what we should talk about next is so what we should talk about next is let's do a rapid fire of rapid some fire. disney and pixar movies All right, you uh start. so of some uh um so first of all i just gotta say that <laughs> i know it is the meh opinion to have that um Incredibles 2 isn't actually that great. I don't know why. I genuinely understand all the criticisms of Incredibles 2, but whenever I watch it, I just enjoy the movie. I just like watching it. Sometimes I feel like I can enjoy a movie. I don't think it's, like, amazing. I think the... I do, like, kind of have to... Was it? Um, But I'll say this. Uh, the... 
I just and sometimes there isn't any big like secret reason to liking a movie. I just watch The Incredibles too, and I just like it. I like the animation. I like the the music. I I enjoy like the characters. I like the plot. I like some creative stuff they do with things in the movie. I just like it. I just like it. That being said, I do really love all of the really smart things they have in the first Incredibles. I like how they start off with like, you know, them interviewing with like the old camera and everything, the superheroes. Um, I like, you know, the perception of like the good old days and like the yeah. good old days and the, the glory days. That's what it is. Um, and, you know, having that whole thing, then all the Sue stuff. And I love all of like the secret adult, like the adult, more adult tones in the movie and stuff to really make it feel like a family film. It feels more like it's a family film first and a superhero movie second. And I think I love, Oh Yeah. I feel like I don't want to get political on here because that's what every podcast does. But I feel like <laughs> The Incredibles is the messages are unlike <clears throat> any other movie produced by Disney. It's very like conservative in a way because it promotes family. Yeah. It promotes. It doesn't promote like p- p- participation awards. If everyone's super, no one is. Um, <laughs> it it promote it, um it promotes people who can't go to their full potential because of like laws and stuff. Definitely like mm-hmm. very different compared to the the crap Disney's putting out nowadays. Yeah, um, I feel like we could get to that topic soon about that. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> uh since we're doing rapid fire in general for like a good bit of time. Um, we yeah, was it like there's so many parts I like the so many like there's so many things where i literally just could not understand as a kid like there's the whole um i'm not happy bob not happy that whole scene as a kid i had no idea what they're talking about but now that i'm older i understand that he's basically working for some company where they basically aren't allowed to help their so they they aren't allowed to help their people even though that's really weird of them not to do and really immoral but they still do it insurance companies you can't you can't uh forfeit all this mo- any money to every silly s- to every uh happy sam or savvy sob story that walks into this building that's their job. this uh-huh that's was it and like i like that whole build up the whole office scene is so good because i like the whole build up of how you know he's just in there as normal he's just you know the guy's just like talking to him about uh we're supposed to help our people, Bob, exploiting every loophole, dodging everything like th- them talking about that. It's so cool that they're talking about that stuff. And then he starts seeing that someone was getting mugged outside. I do believe I remember because, you know, it's the whole secret organization that Syndrome's running. I think I remember hearing a theory that the mugging outside was actually staged so it would purposefully get like Bob to like possibly go out and do something but failed because he wasn't able to. Yeah. I just want to say 2003 to 2009 <clears throat> was Pixar's golden age. 2003 Oh yeah, out, definitely. 2004 The Incredibles. I don't know what the hell happened in 2005. What even happened that year? Um, like Hurricane Katrina? 2006 Cars. Um, Everyone hates Cars, but I love Cars. 2007. I love cars too. Yeah, yeah, we can go to that too. Not cars. Um, what is it? Um, we can go to cars. But then, like, 2006, yeah. um, cars. 2007, Ratatouille. Eight, Wally. Nine, Up. Like, that's such a good show. Wowie. <laughs> um, um, I was gonna say, uh, 
The last thing I was going to say about Incredibles, because I was meaning to say this, is in general, I think it's one of the most creative superhero plots I've ever seen in any sort of fiction, because it's literally just having superheroes, but in a more realistic stance, because believe me, if it was, if superheroes were real, they would be sued all over the place, and they'd probably just get put underground anyway. Um, Saving a man who did not want to be saved. As a kid, I, I remember as I slowly got older, I was actually shocked about like learning that. Here's a weird thing. Here's a weird thing I've never shared with anyone. You know, in the scene, whenever he's, it's like the bomb voyage scene, whenever he jumps into the building and that he saves the guy that's falling, you know, that he later gets like attacked by in the news report. And it's like, I think you broke something. And it's like, well, in much therapy, you'll like come to thank me and stuff. As a kid, for some reason, I thought that it was Buddy. Like, I thought that was him trying to test out his, like, rocket things, and that he he pushed him through the building, and then just out of nowhere, whenever he's taking Bon Voyage, he just steps up again, and he's like, it's incredible! Yeah, I was a dumb I kid. I cannot, I, don't, believe, I, don't... I cannot believe we've talked so much about The Incredibles and not talked about the best villain in animation. Yeah. Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing with him is... It's like, what is it? He, uh... Yeah, the whole thing with uh, Syndrome is he's... Not only is he, like, really smart with, like, what he does, but he also, um... Like, just... I love the gravity that you find out of the situation. That he literally killed all of those superheroes just so he could build one too strong for Mr. Incredible. Because it was his last target. He's insanely evil. But you cannot really uh-huh. blame him for it. Uh-huh. He's like, and like, he, he, they, he, for a villain, he has extremely wise and like really strong words and stuff. He's like he talks about person. how, yeah, he, he, yeah, he's, he is the best one line, villain one liner maker of all time. Well, like whenever like, he no, says, Plankton, listen, Plankton, I'm, Plankton. Yeah. <laughs> um, was it whenever, um, He's whenever Bob he tells the backstory and Bob's like, listen, I'm sorry I did that to you. It wasn't right of me. And he's like, see, now you're now you're apologizing because I'm a threat. And that's true. There's there's so many people that like it's so many times. I mean, I don't I don't want to talk about terrorism. That, that's how it is. Giving in to terrorist threats is what allows terrorism to work. Uh-huh. And and what is it? Um Having that whole thing, like, you know, him talking about, like, when everyone's super nobody is, I thought that was, uh, you know, that doing that. I like the fact, here's the thing, he's killing all these superheroes, but I like the fact that he isn't just someone who wants to destroy humanity because he was wrong and stuff. All he wants to do is simply, you know, prove himself as a new superhero with all of these high-tech gadgets, then sell all those, like, all his gadgets whenever he's old and stuff, and basically just, like, cancel out superheroes in general, because everyone's gonna have those powers they can use, and so supers won't really matter anymore and i like that he that's his wise plan for it yeah <clears throat> but yeah so incredible this is supposed to be rapid fire we talked 10 minutes about the incredibles let's do more next movie go go faster cars we talked about cars cars, yeah, cars. cars. we talked about redemption arc. yeah what was it cars I, I don't I don't know why, but like it is absolutely like the movie's just funny. Like funny. 
Yes, yes, yes. Lane McQueen here with, with the new Rusty's Medicoid Bumper Ointment. It's, yeah, he did what in his cup? There's a Saturday Night Live skit called Cars 4. I think I've talked about this before. Where they, where they uh, did the voice actor for Lightning McQueen, Owen Wilson, very good actor, to just say uh, the worst things in the voice of Lightning McQueen. <laughs> McQueen. McQueen, like, grow up, man. Your sister sure did. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Um, wow. So um, I like. We'll say this as well. Um, okay, yeah, I really like his whole redemption. That's really nice. Um, I, I here's another thing. I really like the slow, like the the atmospheric scenes in the movie. I, like you know, whenever he's like saying, you know, he's saying like you know, focusing on like you know, winning the race. Whenever he's back in California, he's like speed. I am speed, and he slowly starts getting visions of like radiator springs. And it's like this calm, peaceful sort of thing. And there's like these really it like really like atmospheric scenes in the movie and just i like the the whole thing of it in general it's really well done there that being said i know <laughs> cars 2 is hated but it's just fun to watch it's, it's like it's like the b movie but worse it's like yeah it's it's so bad it's good it's bad van if you're watching this van like i mentioned earlier my friend van if you're watching this it's a bad movie <laughs> like a good neighbor mater is there uh, oh it's it's some... really funny uh since we're doing rapid fire do you want to keep talking about cards or go another one um i gotta say is little me as a kid watching cars three seeing light the whole light and mcqueen being pushed to his limit and then crashing violently was literally just that was like oh my god <laughs> um was it uh then you have um yeah you have that uh are we done with cars I no, uh, yeah, we're done with cars right, now. I want to move on to a topic that you brought up. That you brought up is modern Disney. Modern Disney, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm not even just talking about animation studio. I'm talking about the entire company. It's yeah, the entire it's the, the whole company. We're like you know having that whole thing. You know, I don't guy, like my first guest on the podcast, Jeff the Ocean Fanatic. You know him, Day Dog. Of course you do. That's how. That's how mm -hmm. we Yeah. Everyone watching, yeah, on one of his streams, he went on like a on like a thirty minute long rant about Hollywood. Yeah, you know, having that whole thing there. How crap it is Disney's just? It feels like they're just trying to do anything. Like Turning Red came out, horrible movie. Only one, only half the world can relate to it. Uh -huh, yeah, only half of the population can yeah, <laughs> can relate to it. I liked I like cartoons for me. Um, was it uh that uh, in the hilarious words of John Chris Felucci, cartoons for me? Um, was it uh not condoning anything he says by the way? Yeah, um, we uh save that we're not getting it, episode. but um for future episode um let's see uh yeah there's that whole thing there i liked turning red i understood that it was very i, I even though it was for like a demographic that wasn't me i still enjoyed the movie i did like the expressive animation of it i thought it was a neat time though the way they explored family trauma was done way better in encanto personally oh okay. yeah 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 definitely yeah 
yeah, like the way they did with the grandma and stuff, just her having I was uh, here is some that I was saving for a while is talking about Encanto because that is actually a really good movie, good movie especially for modern Disney. Cannot believe for modern Disney. Yeah. No, it, yeah. it's like a, it's like a top 5 Disney animation studio movie in my opinion. Uh huh. Yeah, having the, like doing that whole thing, I like the whole message of them slowly all find. Like, think of it. You know, you have, you know, you, we slowly learn the grandma really morally cares about the powers of her family and like them help being of use to the village and she's, stuff. She's and not a like, she's not a villain. Like, she's she not a villain. An you can imagine. Uh huh. Like the way they you know, like the way they, they do that. Bruno, um. They made Bruno out to be the villain, but he's not. Yeah, he's just a chill dude and stuff. He's just hanging out in the in the. Uh, he gave me he gave me Hector vibes. Um, yeah. Um, what is it? Uh, yeah, that whole thing. I like, like, what is it? Think about this small detail. Whenever after Antonio's party the next day, whenever she's was it Mirabelle's trying to find out about like, Lu, was it uh, Lucy? Was it uh, Luisa? Or was it? Is it? Yeah, Luisa, the strong one. Whenever they're sitting at the table, it's like, okay, I gotta go, and they they're all having like a family meeting. Whenever the grandma's about to sit down, she sees animals in the chair, and like Antonio's like, I'm I was gonna warm a seat for you, and I kid you not, the first thing she says, well, well, today we'll make sure to have find a way to have your powers get put to good use. That's the only like, thing you, you don't have about. a. The, 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 like no, you you can't have him have a free day. Just I'll put him to work already. You know, uh -huh. <laughs> that whole thing. I I like the way that they like present that, and I honestly have to say, like the scene after like the house, like her having the argument with her and the house being destroyed. That was a really powerful scene. It felt so genuine because the, the like you felt so hateful toward the grandma because it felt genuine, like her yelling at her and then her revolting back. And then finally, you know, like, um, she runs away and stuff. The grandma comes and secretly, like, talks to her. And I love how we kind of get this backstory for her. Because, he, and I love this, de like, you get to hear about how she had her own life. And, like, you know, was, uh, you know, like, met this guy and stuff like that. And everything was all good. But then that real, which is a real life thing that I think happened during, I think, the Civil War or something happened. Uh-huh, they, like, ransacked the ransacked the village and stuff, and they started running. And I like the fact... I like the fact that, uh... I like the, um... Here's a detail I still love to this day. I love the fact that um, it starts out because in the beginning of the movie, we see like kind of a little bit of how the opening is like it's a, talking about how we had to escape our village and our your father sacrificed himself. And it's all really toned down along with like the uh, along with like the it's like really watered down along with even after like the like the her husband dies and stuff like that. She's just kind of like sort of sad. Yeah, like I'm I'm getting to that because it, it's like watered down in the beginning when they're kind of showing snippets of that happening. Heck, even after the husband dies, she just kind of feels sort of sad. And then the miracle happens. It all grows and stuff. The candle lights up and then all that happens. Like it's supposed to paint this false picture of, oh, this stuff happened, but it's actually beautiful because we got all of this. But in in that scene, we I think that has to be, I think, one of the most like 
disturbingly realistic portrayals yeah. of someone watching someone die in front of their eyes. Like she just starts screaming and bawling her eyes out and yeah, falling like, to I, the I ground saw, as it all, it's all silent. Sounds like some feminists on Twitter. This is the only time I've ever agreed with feminists on Twitter. Um, how they uh -huh. actually made her show emotion because in a lot of movies they just make all girls look pretty and they end uh -huh. not look ugly, not ugly cry, but they actually showed that yeah like and like the way they d it's it is so raw with the way they do it and it's so so good like it really shows that yeah all this happened but that was freaking traumatizing for her that was the love of her life and it she just got killed in front of her eyes yeah. of course it'd be bawling your eyes out it's and like the way they and I think Scriffless also said this well is when she says I'm sorry and stuff like that and was it you know Mirabelle also forgives her saying that like you know and here's the thing is she is because it was in that video of him talking about how bad uh Ray and Last Dragon was and how good Encanto was when they have both have a similar message and stuff they talk about how they poorly represented trust in Rhea because all it was was just blindly trust blindly trust blindly trust in this movie it was trusting someone when they're willing to change when they're the yes. one that are saying they were they're willing to change and i, love, I, and I love, like that i love the vibes of encanto because like i love the colombian vibes the food looks so good especially because uh -huh. and like the aesthetic uh -huh. the scenery is just so good you know what i think it's is surprising like, is you, you know what i'm you know what i'm surprised it's about i'm actually surprised I'm surprised about, you know how Disney makes like those Disney Channel cartoon shows about their popular movies like they made Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure, they made the Big Hero 6 show, they make like, they make these series based off their movies, Encanto feels like it would have one of those. Because, like, you could show like each person's room too, because I want to see what. Yeah, we never saw what, that. I want to see what Luisa's room looks like. Is it like a gym? Yeah, just, I want to go to Luisa's room. Like a gym. And... <laughs> yeah. Um. Hold on. Yeah. We're gonna take a quick intermission. Be right back. All right, we are back. What should we talk next? Uh, we will, let's talk about a very infamous movie. Let's talk about the Lorax. The Lorax. How bad? The one who spoke to the trees. I'm just doing what comes naturally. Naturally, how bad? I'm gonna give my first point. I think the unreleased song "Biggering" is like it's one of the best villain songs ever written, and they didn't even go with it because it described their company. It did. That's the whole. That's what everyone says, and it's so true. Mm hmm. Yeah. And so they realize that now they're not going with that. Yeah. It's kind of funny. No, but the Lorax, it's like a dramatic. The, the, is... the Lorax is not the greatest movie ever I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm definitely. I, yeah, I always. Say, I'll say this is that uh, it is the, was it? I'll say that the uh thing with the Lorax. Is it is definitely um, yeah, it's not the best. It is not the best movie, but I will say it has that "it's so bad, it's good" energy to it. Yeah, definitely. Just like uh, uh let it die, let it. you don't know me, but my name is Sai. I'm just the old hair delivery guy. 
I said, let it die. Let it die. Let it die. Let it dribble up. And come on, who's with me? I saw a meme at it where like everyone started joining his chant. Let it die. Let it die. Let it dribble and die. And like April of this year, it got super popular on like TikTok and stuff. Everyone was making Lorax TikToks. Yeah, with the, uh, what is it? With, with the, uh, the oncelings. Yeah, I made the I made my voice a little louder because I watched the um I watched the I did all the editing I needed to and my voice was a bit quiet compared to yours so I just turned mine up. Yeah, let it die, let it die, let it chill up and die. Come on, he's with me. Nobody, you agreed that. Not but the Lorax is just like oh. it's so like it's just kind of like it's. Mid, mid. But it's mid, but it, it it has weird energy. And the weird thing is, they always like they sold out to a bunch of brands and said these brands were Lorax approved. But in the movie, Lorax approved was a negative statement. Uh, yeah, he literally said, and the uh, it, it showed the part where they gave him the thingy the and it said like it, it showed the poster. Yeah, that whole thing. And <laughs> that was just a whole statement. And then we have freaking. Get the big Geico cars coming yeah. in through. Lorax approved. Lorax you got approved. Dunkin' Donuts. Lorax approved. You got all these things. Like, what was the... Wh- why? The Lorax, I mean, the, I think the, the funny whole, thing was... I don't like how um, yeah. the Lorax, uh, when they made the ones were human, it kind of took away mm-hmm. the message that anyone could be the onesler if they made him a specific guy. Uh-huh. That's the whole message of the book. Now, uh, now, no. Once we reveal the onceler, no one can be. <laughs> when everyone's the onceler, um, no one can be. No one can be. Yeah, that whole, that that whole uh, situation there. Um, yeah, it's definitely that whole thing. It's. I like the. Um, I do like this. Okay, I have stated I've I've listened to the Big Ring song again. It is it is nice, and I do and think the like the way they lying. get along is pretty nice. The customers are but lying. the uh, PR people lying. I, I will say this. Crying. I I will say this though. I still personally prefer how bad can i be just because i think it's a really good bop and i like the way the song progresses I mean, I with him just not even realizing annoying. how bad he came. i think it's pretty annoying i think opinion. i think it's good in my humble opinion i think it's pretty good yeah. I, it's, there's only two kinds of people in this world people who like big ring and people who like how bad can i be no no <laughs> instead of different political parties given a democrat and republican it's people who like it's big ring and how bad can i be Biggercrat and yeah. how bad can I be again? And Seedville, it's really catchy. <laughs> and Seedville, <laughs> it's so funny. I like them. Yeah, that whole thing. Yes. Um, I like. Yeah. Um, I will say this is. I still like the um, canned air. I like the canned 
Yeah. <laughs> the canned air, that's funny. Um, and they have like the the two thousands commercial cliche where it's like, Oh, let's get this canned air and stuff and they just open it, just put it in their faces. That's so stupid. Um Technically, but yeah, if you really I think, think a funny it, thing are they vaping? Oh my god. I think I found it. I oh my god. You sell the mystery. I think what's funny about the the uh what is it? The Doctor Seuss animated movies that Illumination made was they were technically oh, made after it was after the Cat in the Hat one released. And I think yeah. Doctor Seuss's wife said that they didn't she didn't want them making any more live action Doctor Seuss movies, so they just switched to There's apparently apparent apparently they're making a Cat in the Hat animated one and they're making a the places I'll go one. Yeah. Oh, I, lo- I love that book when I was little. They um actually the Horton, yeah, it's so the cool. Horton Here's a Hill movie was made by Blue Sky. Specifically that one. Yeah, I know. Why yeah, I know that one. I I think just in general, anyone who did any Dr. Seuss stuff just stated to please make it uh animated. And I will say this, I will say this with no shame. I actually think uh, the Horton Hears a Who one is actually the best Dr. Seuss movie. I agree. Yeah, it's... I actually think it's kind of funny. I like the... I, I like the uh, the song they sing at the, at the end. It's like, yeah. was it singing the high note? That's a little high for me. <laughs> but I can't fight this feeling anymore! <laughs> when you got, like, the anime... The, you got the anime scene, you got the... Uh, was it? I like the way... Of how like the how like okay just in general I like the uh I like the Horton Hears a Who movie it's pretty funny it's just yeah. I like it he and I like him. I like that they make the, I like that they make the Who's and like animal like with fur and not like humans yeah 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 and then I think I think uh the Grinch did like an in between yeah no the Grinch the my, my, the weirdest part they got Tyler the Creator. To do the narration, to do the main song, and Pharrell Williams to do the narration. I can only think. I can only think of. I can only think of the Tyler. I can. I can only think of the Tyler the Creator like falling meme when I think of that. Speaking of that song, I like that people have recently been realizing that Monsters University is one of Pixar's best sequel movies. Let's go, let's go. Army sequel. Let's take on that now. Pre- you know what I mean. Yeah, let's go. You, you know what I mean. Let's yeah. take it from um, that But yeah, you, Mo- Monsters University. Mo- Monsters University. My opinion is it is actually it since re- I talked to you about it last. So I really like it. You, yeah, you really like it. It's, it is. Not so wait a minute, what was your opinions last? I thought it was kind what of What was big. your opinions back then? Oh, so you watched it? So I'm guessing you watched it again. You're like, you know what? This is pretty good. Yeah, and I thought it's unique to have a movie take. Really yeah, I like that. Uh, not only does it a lot of the stuff they set up for like what eventually happens in Monsters Inc. actually makes sense and stuff, but I also you rarely see college as like a setting in animated movies. You the know. only one I know is an extremely goofy movie. Oh, well, we should talk about those two after we finish up with Monsters University. Yeah, monsters. Oh, you, actually, you know what? Uh, what is it? Because I'll, for that one, I'll briefly state what I think about extremely goofy movie. But the main discussion will be regular goofy movie yes. because that movie's phenomenal. phenomenal. But yeah, okay, we'll Monsters University, great, great movie. I like the uh, 
like I said, like I like the thing they set up, and it has one of the most unique, I think, lessons in any sort of movie they've made yeah. where the whole thing is he's building up that he wants to be a scare. He wants to be scare. Everyone keeps on telling him, you're never going to be scare. You're never going to be scare. But the whole thing is like, they have that false thing of quote unquote, proving them wrong whenever he rigs the machine and stuff near the end of the movie. And like, you know, it's a genuineness to him doing that because he like is because like Miss Hartscrabble puts it in his head that like Mike isn't really scary and stuff. And so yeah. it's that whole thing. And then you have them. Uh, and then you have Mike going against all odds and going into the door and going into the human world. And then having that frightening realization in a cabin full of kids that none of them are afraid of him. Yeah. And then we later see, you know, and, and by the way, I love, I love, I love the way they make the human world look in um in this movie. Like it's like extremely realistic, but I like the way they make it look extremely realistic and the grayness of like the moonlight going through the force as well. And it all culminates in I think one of the greatest scenes in the whole movie. That really quiet scene where Mike's just found by the river staring into the water, yeah, just cool. saying to himself that he like you know I wanted to prove to them so badly. I want I was it. I believed that I was a scare. I wanted to prove to it so badly. I believed it. And then, like, you know, he realized that it's, like, proven, but I was wrong. And then, like, you know, he has that realization and stuff that yeah. he was wrong the whole time. It's a nice and really quiet scene. I like whenever... And I, I like the whole scene where even Sully starts talking to him. It's like, listen, listen, one of my favorite lines from the scene was, listen, Mike, I know how you feel. Don't say that. Don't say that. You do not know how I feel. And then he kind of just spills out the truth. And he even reveals that he was the one that was terrified whenever he first got here. You know, that he was the one that was completely unready, but he was the one that had everything figured out from the start. And it's just like, why didn't you tell me that before? And he said, because we weren't friends before. And so... And then so like they have that quiet moment. Then they go back to the cabin because the police are chasing them. And they and Mike decides to plan this one big scare idea that Sully's terrified of, but he like you know he's in complete control of it. So he tells him to do it, scares the adults, and then like finally makes it into the human back into the monster world, yeah. surprising Miss Hart Scrabble. And then having that whole like the whole thing, they do get kicked off of campus anyway. But I like that whole thing where Mike's they about to leave, then Sully gets him uh was it sully you know sully talks to him and like stops the bus and literally talks about how good of a leader he is miss hartscrabble even comes in and they do realize that you know they can still do their job but you know they can go from somewhere else and they start out in the mail room and i like how the credits show that they kind of work their way up and at Monsters Inc. to them going on the scare floor. Yeah, it's I really admit, well done. I have to admit the the abominable 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 the Yeti guy cameo. Abominable. Abominable snowman uh -huh. cameo sucks. You could have had him have a cameo. Just don't put it with the two main characters that meet for the first time in the next movie in the chronological. That is chronological. Man, I will. Wait, wait, wait. Chronological. The only... Chronological. Yeah. Yeah, I will say this. I guess the only way you could sort of explain that is you could say that, like, maybe after a while they kind of just forgot he existed. Maybe maybe monsters who were banished into the human world kind of just get forgotten by everyone. Maybe. After a while. So they just kind of forgot he existed. 
Um, what is it? Uh, yeah, that whole thing. It's a similar thing to how what the main thing people are talking about with Inside Out Two are that they're they're saying, well, all the other characters only had the five emotions and stuff like that. Even the adults and the teenagers and like the animals. What's going on? One. The end the end credit scene is a lot more on the lines of a joke since it's just like jokingly showing like, man, applying what we did with Riley, but with all of the other, these other characters and stuff like that. And also with the mom and dad, yeah. while that is a little bit more hard to explain, people are saying like, I don't want these new emotions to just disappear once like Riley becomes like an adult because the emotions the se- the second batch of emotions that are going to be introduced are things that even adults still have so yeah. i feel like the best way to describe it is one just admit that like you know them fully admitting that this was an idea they made for the sequel and that that was just the first movie or two having it be that you know how the movie is sort of like giving us a vision like showing us this little world inside heads through the perspective yeah. of Riley Wait, and stuff. I, I feel like I maybe, maybe keep going. Mm-hmm. So maybe they could, so maybe they could explain away as, you know, we just showed you things in a simple way, even for other characters. But now because we're tackling puberty, we're, we're going to make things a little bit more complicated this and reveal more things to you that we didn't show you last theory. time. This is my theory. The emotions have always existed. They were just in another room. They have their own room with their own table. Oh yeah, that'd be neat. They could. That'd be an easy way to explain it. Yeah. Came up um, with that on the spot. Yeah. Came up with that on the spot. Uh, anyway, was it? Yeah. Um. I, other than you know, like the emotional ending of Monsters University, I will say that uh, I like. I like, was it, um, I like the rest of the movie, too. I like all the characters. I mean, as since Randall is my favorite character from same, same, the Monsters, same. Inc. franchise, I like, I really, really like how they handled him in the prequel. I like that they had him start out as, like, a good guy and stuff like that. You know, just a, yeah. just a, just like a nerd and stuff like that, being, like, nerdy. And he was actually, they could have went deeper with it, though. Yeah, that is true, though the movie doesn't focus on him, so I guess that's the reasoning. But I do, you know, like him and Mike are good friends even. Heck, I think in Monsters, Inc., he's less, uh, I don't know if I'd say less violent with Mike because he like, you know, breaks his hand to like show him what time it is. But he's more buddy-buddy with Mike, I feel like. Like he has more conversation with him where with it when it's Sully, Sully it's more on the competitive side. So since like he's friends, he's he's able to still talk with him like, you know, d- like, verbally talk with him and stuff like that. But, you know, since he's with, you know, since he's friends with Sully and stuff, he kind of doesn't like him either now. Does um, Sully have a first But yeah, I really like I feel like Sullivan's uh, the last name. Yeah, Sullivan. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, in the first movie, wasn't the first movie James P. Sullivan? Yeah, James. It's James. Yeah, James P. Sullivan, and then he shortened Sullivan to Sully. Also, do you know what I've noticed? I've watched Emperor's New Groove and Monsters, Inc. They, um, uh, Sully and Pacha have the same actor. Now, every time... And yeah. the same as the lawyer from um, B-Movie. His voice is so distinct. Yeah. yeah, it is. Oh, you've seen 
Okay, you. So the Emperor's New Groove. Holy crap, that's a hilarious. It's one. Yeah, it's my favorite Disney that. movie. Same, same. We're like clicking. We're it's like connecting. Yeah, it's 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 Emperor's. It's, it's so hilarious. It's so fun. I like the, I like the, uh, I like the um the opening song. Like the perfect yeah. world begins and ends with me, Kuska. It's a good. It's, an, it's like it's like Cars. How it's a redemption arc of an obnoxious. Uh huh. They do a good job with him making him obnoxious. It's like, man, when is this guy gonna shut up? It's like the thing that didn't shut up, and then it's like, you know, he's picking the the wives, and it's like, not you, not you, hate your hair, not you, no, no. And let me guess, guess you have, have a great, great personality. personality. Like the timing's <laughs> so good. Let's just talk about the greatest so, character in all the movies. Yeah, the greatest, the greatest from character. Family Guy and Ken from B movie. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was going to say, the greatest character in all of fiction, Yeez, I mean, Kronk, and, you know, like, doing that whole fake-out yeah, thing. Yeezma, Kronk. Uh, Kronk. Well, was still an enjoyable villain and stuff, but yeah. Kronk steals the show. He's absolutely hilarious. He's not really a villain, because does he, he doesn't he turn, uh -huh. switch sides at the end once. She says, I never he liked your spinach You're like your spinach <laughs> Ever. I want to try. It makes, She's going down. That movie really makes me want to try spinach puffs. <laughs> yeah, I forgot my spinach puffs. I like the the. Honestly, okay, I gotta say this: the way in the dinner scene, whenever they make the, the way they make the potion look liquid wise, looks really appetizing for some reason. Yeah, like the wine type thing. I think it's wine. Mixed like the with it's potion. Uh huh. I like I like the um. No, like, isn't because the potion is, uh... The same color. The potion has a, that distinct, like, pink glow to it and stuff. But, yeah, yeah what I'm saying is, uh, I like I like the whole... <laughs> scene's comical, too, at the dinner thing, where it's like, all right, right the poison, the poison, poison for Cusco, the, Cus the poison that we chose specifically to kill Cusco, Cusco's poison. poison. That one, yes, that one! <laughs> No, it's I like just, the, that I like movie's the... so funny. Like, I don't get it. Why can't uh -huh. other movies be funny? Apparently that movie it's, had a it's... super troubled production. Like, it was going to be this oh, movie yeah. Kingdom of the Sun, but then, they, the Sun, but then they threw that away, and then they decided to go, go make it a funny movie, which I think was the right decision. I will say this. The one downside with them making it... The the one downside with getting rid of the original version was that we sadly didn't get a fully animated version of the Snuff Out the Light song, which yeah, is my favorite song, song from the movie. It's really good. It's it's still it's, I count it as my the my favorite song in the movie because it's still in the soundtrack of the movie. But, it's but uh, in the like movie. it in the movie but oh my god it's so good I was and gonna mention, i like that the, the only downside i was like he's gonna talk about the song yeah the song snuff out the light through the world of darkness the it's so half. good and the instrumentation is so good post intermission of this podcast there's been way more singing than the last Way more singing than the last. No, the it's it's so good. I like the the big bombastic warm instruments like that yeah. kind of give it that kind of tropical there's uh, a, there's it, a like, feel. There's a band documentary about the production of Emperor's New Groove called like the Sweatbox or something. Oh, uh, that's interesting. I, um, I, I like like. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at least we got a similar sounding, like a similar sounding song with "The Perfect World Begins and Ends." With, uh, yeah, that was it. Um, but yeah, I like the. I got the. the listen, I'm just gonna say this: best scene in the movie has to be three, two, one. The restaurant scene. scene. Yes, the Let's restaurants. Go. Oh my, so good. So I like the. Good. No, and <laughs> I love the everything. talks to cook. They walk around the revolving yeah. door. No cheese. Cheese, no me likey. Yes, cheese. Drop the cheese. cheese. Come on, woman, make up your mind. I like the fact that he walks in. Okay, one unpopular opinion, but the pill bug thing they eat kind no, of is a little bit appetizing. It looks good. Disney, 2D Disney in the semi-90s era because this was like the first 2000s movie. I don't know how they did. Then the Lion King... I don't know how... Disney did the to does this in their 2D animation of both the Emperor's New Groove and the Lion King, but they somehow are able to make bugs look appetizing. Yeah, no. Well, one weird thing I think about Emperor's New Groove is I always watched it on a road trip on DVD because they made the car mm-hmm. the minivan had the TV screen. There was always a trailer for um, Hunchback of Notre Dame two. Oh my god, not the Hunchback of Notre Dame 2. One of the worst Uh, direct-to-video sequels, but they all suck. Oh my god. Yeah, extremely, uh, what is it? Extremely goofy movie. I I just thought of... I just thought... Okay, you know what? What? I'm putting my foot down. The Aladdin sequels are not that bad. Second one's okay, third one sucks. My opinion. I actually, the third one, I thought the third, I actually do like the third one. The second, here is something, something I have to say. The songs specifically in Jafar Returns are really underrated and overhated. I um, was it? I think the uh, Forget About Love one, I, I think that one's nice. My, f- the most underrated Disney song has to be Nothing in the World, which is the one that the genie sings. It's so good. Yeah. It has like a really nice like rhythm and like vibe to it. And also it's Homer Simpson doing the voice for the genie, so you can just oh, hear really? a lot of Simpsons characters my, in it. My, 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 honestly, um, Aladdin One, I know we're we're we uh, we've got off topic from Ember's new group, but Aladdin One seems like the love everyone's love for it has like dwindled over time. It's so good. Like when I the yeah. first the first Aladdin viewing experience, well I watched the twenty nineteen one first, so I thought it was very good. But then oh, I watched God. then I watched the animated one and I was like, What the hell was the 2019 one this one's a masterpiece yeah we'll say this i do like was it i think Will smith as the genie i did kind of good. i did kind of like like people talk about how like the animation of him as the blue genie was creepy i kind of thought it was uh i actually did kind of like thought, it. i thought it was kind of funny Will smith I, was the perfect pick for the genie after uh robin williams yeah um <laughs> then you got those, those memes of of blue of blue Will Smith. That's funny. Um, okay, but here's but here's the thing. Okay, but here's the thing is that that the original thing of him as the genie with him just standing there with that stupid smile and it just it looked really bad and stuff. And that specific pose was never seen in the actual movie. So like it was just in that trailer and that was it. But it still became meme history. Uh-huh. Um yeah. 
was it? Uh, okay, but I will say this about the Aladdin remake. I I think it was better than the other remakes, say, in my opinion. Yeah, I, it's it's on the better side, but there's one big glaring problem, and it's with so many of Disney's new stuff, is they're trying to have, like, representation of girl power feminism. and representation feminism. of, like, feminism, feminism. and all that sort of thing. Okay, here, here. I like women, but I hate feminism. Yeah. Okay, but, okay, I under, what is it? The whole thing, feminism, feminism, feminism for me, to be good. in like the 1800s when they were, when they could vote, that was good. Like, okay, um, but what I was going to, what I was going to say is, okay, the thing with the, fem, the, the feminism, I have the most problem whenever it's like, like main Disney movie and stuff like because here's the thing like new Disney movies because here's the thing they're tr especially with the 3D with the live action remakes is they're trying to have it be like oh this character is really badass this female character is really badass now and so empowering and stuff hey you remember that that scene from the original Aladdin wherever she was trying whenever uh, Aladdin put down that wooden post for Jasmine to walk over but then she leaped with the pull over him, showing him like her skills at doing these things. Her being able to sneak out really well, and her also being able to really trick Jafar into helping trick Jafar. So was yeah. it Aladdin could get through with his plan more? Yeah. You know, how about in the remake we have her sing a song for two minutes that yeah. doesn't amount to anything well, because like the, the next scene she talks about. Uh -huh. She listen. The whole thing is she sings about like you know I'm not bound by like these rules anymore and stuff like that. But then here's the big problem. Right after that, he well, Jafar uh says that he's gonna like you know he's gonna uh was it attack like kill her father and stuff, and less like you know you marry me and stuff. And she just immediately goes back on everything she just I sang know, in that song. I so know. really, don't that sing is... the song if you know if you know that Jafar's gonna like you know Jafar's the <coughs> Jafar's gonna do something. Uh huh. It's it doesn't make any sense. And like like I said, there's way more feminism in the original versions of these movies than what these newer versions were are trying to wage on. I yeah. am absolutely terrified for Snow White, the Snow White remake. Oh, I, I am the, mortified. It's gonna suck. I know the um yeah they fired the actor, but I know um Daily Wire, it's like this conservative media company, Ben Shapiro works there. They're making their own version of uh -huh. Snow White. Oh, so wait like a minute. I remember. But didn't wasn't she like gonna be originally gonna be Snow White, and she apparently said she hated the original version. Yeah, and then she got she got removed from the project because everyone was complaining. Hey, thank God. Oh yeah. yeah, thank God. I mean, not only that, but listen, Snow White. He got like this Latina woman. Listen. Was it people were complaining because they were like, oh, well, they're making, was it Ariel like black and stuff like that. But in reality, it's because, you know, because, oh, but she was Danish in the original version because that's the story. Um, it, it's that whole like other conversation. Yeah. But here's the thing her name is literally Snow White. The mirror says that her. That's why. Snow. That's what the mirror says. I'm not racist at all. I'm not racist at all. I, I'm, but. Why'd I say what? No, but like, 
can you, if Snow White was a character created who, who gay, got her name because her skin was white as snow, why are you changing it? To get more money? Yeah, it doesn't. To get more, to get Twitter to get more, more money. Like here's, here's, here's the thing is this is a big thing with uh, the Little Mermaid remake as well. And people were saying this is one of the big reasons. And this is sort of messed up in a way and kind of describes, shows how bad Marn Disney is, is that I feel like they're getting these like, you know, act you know these uh actresses and stuff like that who don't exactly remember that you know they're like colored and stuff like that that don't exactly like match up with the original character solely because they can use they can use that actress yeah. as basically a, a shield for them that's a thing called tokenism it's uh, a horrible thing that's how people uh -huh, like, and disney does that's it how people get scholarships nowadays just because they're tokenism just because of it. Uh huh. And Disney's just yeah, it's... empowering through it. I don't want to go on a rant about Hollywood, but like, and Disney, but like, what they're doing is bad. I know. Like, it's it just, listen, listen, all I'm going to say is I'm absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so we got that that uh Snow White one coming. I know uh, I am I'm thankful that they decide to stop production on the Lilo and Stitch one. I'm so they thankful for that. I will they stop production. I, I will say this. Okay, you go first. Okay, I was going to say is that movies that have been apparently greenlit for live action remakes are the following I know they're. They said they're making a. They're planning to make a Princess and the Frog, one, and they're planning to make. Was it? They're planning to make a Tangled one apparently as well, and they're planning to make a Moana one. I know. Wait, can I say something about Princess and the Frog real quick? Because you mentioned that. I just want to get it over, yeah. and it's relating to our topic. Princess and the Frog is how mm -hmm. the original is how you use is how you make a movie with um a, with a lead who wasn't a white person. You give them their own story instead of shoehorning them into an already written story. Yeah, I know, right? They did yeah. so well in that one. Yeah, I love Princess. It's it, very underrated, very underrated movie. Yeah, I'm, I and I think the worst, the worst. Time I watch it. I'm, my least favorite thing about them making these live action remakes is I just feel like it's going to make the company try to undermine the original versions of these movies that are so much better. Yeah. Did, did you – here's one more thing before we get on topic of actually talking about a uh, movie. I feel like we should talk about – um. We should talk about a goofy movie next. Yeah. But my last thing I'll say for this is, did you hear the uh, apparent tweet recently that apparently Disney is high is 100% considering doing 2D animation for movie really? movies again? Really? Uh -huh, like apparently that's news that got out. Is that there? Uh, and some, and I could have some 2D uh, elements. Even though the movie's probably textures gonna... and stuff. But apparently, they are quotation marks highly can one hundred percent considering going and doing two D animated movies again. That's actually that's which actually I hope to God. Disney. I hope to God that they do that because we need another. You know oh, what? Disney. They're G making G all these the live only, action. Ghibli's the only people that yeah. still do two D animation, but their most recent movie was three D, and it sucked. Yeah, but well, good thing we have Boy and Hair, and that's so excited to see that. Uh, um, but what is it? Yeah, so I hope they do do that. Um, what is it? Another thing is, 
you the you got that um okay i just mentioned some last thing about the previous portion. topic can i say some last yeah thing? we were gonna talk about a goofy movie after but the Lilo and Stitch one before it got canceled apparently, they had a Hawaiian actress and people and people said the Hawaiian born actress was too white. Like it's a Hawaiian <laughs> movie. Twitter, shut the hell up. Like they did what you oh want. God. Now you're making racist assumptions at that point. That's technically what they're doing. Yeah, it's uh Okay, I got back. Okay, I remembered what I was gonna say again. Disney keeps on making these sequel, these like these sequels and live action remakes and all this sort of unoriginal stuff. How about, even though I am sort of looking, I'm I'm interested in seeing what Zootopia two and Frozen three are have in store. But they keep on making these live action remakes. How about they get their unused ideas for animated movies and actually get them back together? What about Gigantic? Make that into a yeah. movie again. What was that one movie? It was a that, that seemed like it worked. Yeah. There was a canceled Pixar. It, it movie was a about, There was a canceled Pixar movie. I'm trying to think of the name. What do you mean, uh, Newt? Newt, yeah. And also maybe yeah. Kingdom of the Sun. Get that. Oh, I will say this. I will say. I will say this. Um, what I mean is like their original ideas, like their their like original um ideas that they threw away. I know. Remember, there's this one called My People. So that was like a mixture of 3D and 2D animation, oh, yeah. where it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's a Romeo and Juliet in the country, but like the dolls are alive in 3D and stuff. All the other characters are like 2D and stuff, and it's supposed to be like some sort of road trip story with that. I remember hearing like a really tragic story that because did you know that a bolt was originally this other movie called American Dog? And like, you know, like the dog was red and like all the characters were a lot more stylized. But the thing was, is that there's so much with the movie that they basically kicked the original guy who's making the movie off of the project and kind of just changed it into off? Bolt. Even though I, I, I don't know, I guess crave differences. But uh, even even though Bolt's still a good movie, I do feel bad for the guy and like, yeah. you know, what happened. No, I know what Brave, um, did. what Brave did is a lot of people say Brave's mid. I, are you the guy who likes uh, it? I know someone who kind of likes it. I like, I like Brave. I think I actually do like the movie Brave. I th what, I what I completely understand the criticisms, but I do like the movie. I'm about to make a double point because what I'm about to mention could segue into another point. Then we could get back on track. So. What well, uh -huh. Brave, there was a lot of horrible trouble production. Then they fired the the original director who made a little movie called The Prince of Egypt. Amazing movie. Uh -huh. I'll get about this another day. But Prince of Egypt made by DreamWorks. DreamWorks also had a canceled movie called like a, My Shadow and Me or something. Oh that, my god! My Shadow. shadow. Uh, that has to be that has to be the most tragic Cancelled movie, yeah, anime cancel movie of all so the good. time for me. It so looks. Good. Have you seen? Have you seen the animation? Like yes. the complete animation test for that. They have the guy and his shadows really fluid two D animation. It's really creative looking. I hope to God that someday, because my mom has told me this is sometimes they will take ideas that they canceled and sometimes repurpose them, or like have someone else pick it up. I hope to God that someday my my shadow and me does get picked up again because that so has so much potential. So much potential. It, it like, looks so good. It I love been like DreamWorks best, like How to Train Your Dragon up there with Prince of Egypt, How to Train like, Your Dragon Shrek 2, Puss in Boots 2. 
Uh, like it just it would it, uh, it's so mm, why do companies do this i know what was it called wait what's the no, full no. my boy and uh my, my shadow and me or something it, like that. my shadow and me that's the name yeah it's so sad i know what new, uh -huh. what new got canceled for was because it was too similar to rio which just came out uh -huh. so, so they dropped it mm -hmm. i will say this is yeah. that is that the story behind this the story behind uh, Newt is the fact that they were originally making it, but they didn't know what to do with it. So then they actually repurposed the idea and gave it to the guy who created Inside Out, and he said, that's a cool idea, but how about we do this instead? And basically gave them the idea for Inside Out. Oh. And if that's the case, then I 100% support them getting rid of Newt because Inside Out's so good. Yeah. No, but um, it's actually called Me, me and My Shadow, not My Shadow and Me. me and it could have yeah. been like... It was gonna be it was gonna be released in like right by Kung, Kung Fu Panda three, but then they had to switch that, and then they lost time. It was originally announced in like two thousand. It was gonna release in twenty fourteen, but then they moved it to twenty sixteen, and then Mr. Peabody and Sherman and Kung Fu Panda three both took its place because they were having trouble, no. and then it just failed. We'll say this. Peabody and Sherman is a really underrated. I, I, I haven't seen much of it. One, it actually is really good. They do a lot of clever stuff yeah, with like, like the info and stuff, and it's like, and it's a good uh, father and son story. And oh, speaking of father and son stories, oh. and speak speaking of father and son stories, let's segue over to a really great movie, the Goofy movie. A Goofy movie. Not the goofy movie. A goofy movie. Goofy movie. I like the. I like the. Uh, I like. I, I. I remember. I watched. Uh, it was Nostalgia Critic's review of the movie, and it started with just showing the title, and the title just goes a movie. Then it crashes with Goofy going in between those words, and I remember him saying, "I always wondered what just a movie would be. Boy meets girl. Nothing happens for two hours. Roll credits. It would be really boring, but it would still be a movie." Yeah. No, I love uh -huh. Goofy but yeah, so it's much. it's so good. It, like the animation is really good for like mm. being I don't, a side. I, I don't, a yeah, side. it was not made by Dis Disney Animation Studios. It was made by like a sub. It was made by the same people who made Planes, which says something on how. <laughs> where did where did the years go? It says something on how good a Goofy movie is if it's made by the same studio uh -huh. that made the direct to DVD sequels and Planes. I still like that the funniest bit of info I did share one day is I don't know if it was Pixar or it was that same stew, but I know that they were planning on making another spinoff about trains, trains, trains. <laughs> yes. Okay. But anyways, uh, what is it? Goofy movie. Oh my God. It's so good. I love, like I said, all the songs are great. My favorite song has to be uh, After Today. It's so good. After today, she'll be mine. No more pep rallies to cut. I've got less than an hour. The fourth this has ended. I'll either be famous yeah, yeah, or you'll yeah, be suspended. Oh my god, it's so good. I like the, like I said, the animation of it's really well done. Um, I like the, I, I like the plot of it just being like two very contrasting personalities. But like, and I like the fact that, uh, I like, uh, what is it? I like the, um, the fact that, uh, you know, <laughs> I will say this is that for a movie there, this movie from being called a goofy movie, it has a lot of like 
serious down to earth scenes. It has like was it? It has um when the principal is calling him and saying, Well, you better get your son in shape, or if not, he'll end up in the electric chair. Yeah. Oh no, I've really, it's like, I, I have bad news about the a goofy movie. It used to be at sixty on Rotten Tomatoes and it would have been certified fresh, but now it's at fifty nine, which means it's which means it's rotten. Oh, for the five people mm, that care about but... Rotten Tomatoes, that's so sad. Okay, funny enough, you said Rotten Tomatoes. I just saw something from the animation Reddit that says Disney's Wish debuts with a uh, 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. I know um, the movie's not out theatrically yet. It was just the critics who saw it early. But uh -huh. uh, Trolls 3 got a similar rating. Yeah, okay. But um, I like, you know, like yeah, uh, the songs. I like a lot of the scenes that just... I like whenever they go to the possum place and stuff, and just him sitting there with like the 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 animatronic band going on, just showing how yeah. bad and run down it is. He's just like, "My life's a living hello there." Yeah. <laughs> and was it? Um, I like so, like I think a really big thing I like about the movie is I like some of the stuff where. You know, whenever like they're done, they're at the camping place and stuff like that, and they're sleeping in the car that one night. Max decides to like change the the directions to go to that other place, and he's like, "I wonder if Dad's gonna see." Coincidentally, next morning, Goofy decides to give him full leadership of the map and say like where they're going. And I do like the scene where they start just going to places that he likes, but he also is considerate of him and goes to places that his dad yeah. likes as well. And it's this whole thing, and they build up. I have a question. Um, yeah. Does uh, what happened to um Goofy's wife? Is she dead? Oh yeah. Um, that's a that's a weird one. Maybe, maybe I will say this. Um, a single dad, or maybe it's a custody thing. You think? I think they did. I think I think they may have. Con I think I remember hearing somewhere that she might have passed away. Oh. Um, was it? I know that Pete's oh, Pete's wife. Her? I feel because it's in the. T in the TV series, you know, Pete has like a a wife and stuff like that. She's a very liked character for a certain reason, but um, she likes was it um a lot of people have kind of had a feeling that the reason why Pete's wife left and that's why she isn't there in the movie and like the little dot the little baby daughter is yeah. the most likely reason was that they probably got a divorce. Oh. Um, but was it? I will say this: the coolest thing about Goofy movie is the fact that. Like, you know how all the Mickey Mouse main characters are, how all the Mickey Mouse characters are like, you know, oh, the, we, I get to meet like my nephew or like, you're like our, uh, or like nephews. Like they, they see little kid versions of themselves, like they're the little kid things, but it's like their nephews and stuff. Yeah. Like for Mickey, it's like their nephews for Donald, it's his nephews. Here's the thing. Goofy is the only one that's actually a dad goofy <laughs> yeah you're right i read this thing <laughs> I, I, I i self i self i was gonna say i self-censored myself there <laughs> oh, oh 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 anyway i just read this thing um it was a theory that apparently uh, based on some weird evidence goofy's wife had a lot of affairs and goofy was so mad at, at the infidelity that he shoved her off a cliff 
which I don't think oh my that, God. I, that's super dark. I don't think I don't think Disney I don't think Disney would do that. George Maxie, we must never speak of this. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. That is crazy. It's like that. Have you ever seen that goofy court? It's like that goofy in court meme where it's like he's like <laughs> it's like he's like being charged with like a lot of really bad things and he's just accepting all of it and his lawyer's like no you can't accept all of it and he's like I'll do it again <laughs> and he's like sitting there laughing the whole time he's like goofy no you can't, you can't say no. she just did these charges okay that's, it's that, that whole thing but that, um that's a rare theory though one thing, but there was a lot of there could have been infidelity there. So, um, speaking of, speaking of infidelity, infidelity, I'm just gonna rant about Shrek three that has Shrek three has a song about infidelity through it. it um, in the Hallelujah sequence, which is the moment where, where there's a sad song and everyone's sad. But why play a song about infidelity? Fiona didn't cheat on Shrek. <laughs> oh my God! Oh. I will, what is it, um, one, there's only, like, two things I like from Shrek 3 that I've seen, I like the, um, whole thing, I, I've seen this, like, clip that people keep on using, where it's, like, like, he, he throws a, a bottle at a boat or something as it's about to go off, and then it just catches the boat on fire, and it just sinks, or no, I don't, something like that, and I was like, oh, that's a little bit comedical and stuff, it just starts stinking after he threw the bottle at it, and then, um, I like, I like the da 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 da. As he, that scene that gave me nightmares as a kid, just like yeah. donkey and put like donkey's face with like Sh Shrek's baby. And it's I like can't believe, <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about the da, biggest da. budget fan fiction ever because this is not a real movie produced by Dreamers. We know that. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, it's crazy. It's funny. It, it really is funny that Shrek Forever After just has nothing. You could the there's like references to the third movie in the credits of it, but I guess it's morally of a let's not forget our mistakes that we've made sort of thing. Yeah. So um. Uh -huh. So uh, that that's about. I like the. We talked about everything for Goofy movie. Now we're talking about Shrek three. We talked about a lot of stuff. Was I will say okay one one thing I I forgot to mention this about the a goofy movie two things I was trying to say that whole thing I like the whole one of the most I think out of nowhere or like I don't know one of the most I think serious scenes that you would never expect to be in the goofy movie is the infamous hot tub scene where like Pete's telling him about like his son like changing the map and you you just have him being there like what and like he's trying to Pete's telling him like listen you had your chance and you messed up and you can just see through goofy's facial expressions like he he's like not like he's like no this can't be happening like he loses hope but then he's just like you know pete you say a lot of this stuff but my son loves me and he just goes hey my son respects me and he says yeah and he walks i think that kind of hints at Pete being kind of abusive because yeah. you have you do see in the movie because, like, he keeps a, on making fun of his son. It's a very common trope that that there's like the super like aggressive dad who's like who's like we're gonna learn about respect 
I'm not kind of dad. Uh-huh. It's like the kind of person to force a kid to play a sport. I love sports, uh, but I'm not going to force my kids to play them. Kind of that kind of dad. They would definitely. A son, the dad probably would be very abusive. Pete's, Pete seems very abusive in that case. Because yeah. uh, using the word my son respects me. That's like a very. Uh-huh. That, that is a lot of abusive dad vibes. Uh huh. Was it? And I was it. I like the the last thing I'll say is I really like how this is the first time in something I think we've really seen Goofy just actually be done with something because after his son, he gives his son one last chance to make the right decision, and he still goes the way to uh to like uh the concert and stuff, and he go he like you know last minute decision they go that direction, and you just look over at Goofy and he's just pissed like he is mad yeah it's it's like a but yeah rest of the movie is really good i still think you know roxanne and max really cute relationship even if it's a whole realistic thing of oh well they're teenagers people like do different relationships as teenagers it would have just been nice to see him and max more in like the relationship that would have been the last time we saw her after a while was back in house of mouse and they at least referenced her in the new ducktail show what's house of mouse house of mouse it's it's that it's this animated show where they'd show these like mickey mouse cartoons but they basically all the audience would be all disney characters and stuff watching it Uh uh-huh so it's kind of like a crossover of disney movies but they have like them all watching it anyway um Um, uh, shrek forever after forever after you want to talk about forever after yeah let's talk about that or actually let's talk about movies do you want to talk about um we're on the two hour mark i can go all day yeah (laughs) um i could say uh you know, like, I was going to say not just Shrek Forever After, but, like, Shrek in general. Yeah. Um, we could have then, a whole... And then could we, should we do our wrap-up movie that we talked about? Uh, the one that we uh, talked about. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Shrek... The, let's Shrek. just talk about the Shrek franchise. Shrek, it's in the um, Library of Congress. The Library of Congress. It's really great that... Uh, it did make it in there. A very great movie. It's so kind of it's weird seeing like the backstory of, of how the movie was like made and stuff like that. You know, Chris Farley and everything. Yeah. Seeing those like unused uh, animations. All the tests. There's a lot of video about Sh- uh-huh. there's a video about Shrek Lost Media that everyone should go watch. It's a fascinating video. Uh yeah, I remember it's like that one clip that was found from the test. Um like the I test animation good. that was made for the movie where it's like, I feel oh, good. Yeah. It's weird seeing that version of Shrek. It's so ugly. Uh-huh. It's um Yeah, but here's the funny thing. Did you know that apparently Shrek was originally the punishment movie to work on? Back yes. when it was like the Prince Chris Farley version. If you failed it was... on Prince of Egypt, you'd be quote unquote Shreked. And Shrek'd. you'd have to go work on Shrek. <laughs> they should have they should have checked themselves before they shrek themselves. Yeah, because I mean, um, Prince of Egypt was a masterpiece. If you fail on that, go work on Shrek, you piece of. Kidding. But but funny enough, Shrek turned out to have a better box office. It did, but in like, the Prince end, of Egypt they like Chris. Was it? Yeah, Chris Farley died. They had to like repurpose it, and then they changed the movie around because the new voice actor was Shrek's like, uh, "Let's change all this stuff around." 
And uh, like I said, sure. I, I talked to you. They, they, Mike Myers, very Canadian, Canadian accent. Oh, buddy, guy, buddy. Oh, hey, buddy. You guy. saw the original. Hey, it's really weird yeah, listening. Buddy. It's it's really weird. It's really weird. Uh, seeing like the original clips and stuff of no, him but, doing the yeah, voice no, without but, the. Mike Myers did that. I have to give him context first. The viewers at home. <laughs> They uh, Mike Myers did the entire movie in a normal voice, but then changed to a Scottish accent to make it sound more working class, and it sounds way better. <laughs> yeah, I'm a delivery boy. You wouldn't <laughs> takes her. Um, was it? I like uh, like I honestly at this point. I don't know how much you could really say about the first Shrek movie. Everyone knows about it. Everyone's seen it. It's 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 a great. It is the movie that I think really put DreamWorks on the map because everyone was talking about it. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, look yeah, look at like, how innovative the, this it's movie the de- is. It's the definition of a role reversal because like, it's, it's the an- very anti-Disney. It was made as a big F you to Disney. Lord Farquaad, which is basically, which is a name in and itself, what you think it sounds like. But um, it was uh-huh. supposed <laughs> to be like, it was supposed to be um, a representation of the Disney guy at the time. I think his name's like Michael something. Uh, yeah. Michael Eisner or something like, like that. Yeah. Um. Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? Yes, I know him. The one that lives on Brewery Rain. Well, she's married to the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. The Muffin, muffin Man. Man. She's married to the Muffin Man. I like the. I like the. I like the game show of like. I like the mirror, like the magic mirror in that movie. It's just like a regular dude, yeah. and like you know, it's and and like having the whole game show of princesses. And Although it's like, she lives pick with ten other three, men. My... Although she lives with ten other men, she's not easy. There's so many adult jokes that you catch on. One of my favorite things is the uh, the merry men later on. The it's just a catchy tune. The... Uh, da, 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 da. I steal from the ri- the rich and give to the poor. No, I but yeah, that whole thing. I like the to the needy. He takes a little bit, needy. but I'm not greedy. I'm greedy. I like him. What he's really trying to say is he likes to get paid. paid. He just pops in, like trying um, to cut it off. Um, it's a good movie. Uh huh. But was it? Um, I like um. I like the whole detail of like whenever he's whenever Farquaad's choosing what's princess he wants to go after. He it's like a, it's like pick a number show. three, my lord. He's like it's There's like fans, no, it, it was fans. I. I already mentioned. I mentioned I mentioned that already though. What I was saying was I like how one of the guards just goes pick number three, my lord, and holds up number two. Yeah. And he like he's like number three. It's like he was trying to hint at number two, but he didn't know what numbers were. Um, I like the, you know, the adult jokes, the one that everyone talks about, the, you think he might yeah, be compensating yeah, for, for something. something. <laughs> no, no, okay, so we've talked a lot about Shrek. Let's go to its sequel, the greatest movie oh my God. of all time, Shrek 3. Just... I'm kidding. Oh my God. Um, I like... I really like I like the beginning how it like kind of opens up with the true prince charming coming to save her and then you just see the the wolf, wolf and he's like he's what honeymoon. then it plays that counting <laughs> honeymoon uh yeah it was a uh, I like the little opening it was it was cute seeing them yeah. get along and so it was really nice seeing them get along and um seeing 
yeah, was it? Yeah, like it was really nice seeing them get along. I like the whole thing going to them going to far, far away, and then like you know them building up, getting there. They finally make it there, and it's I, I like whenever they're about to be revealed and come out of like the carriage and stuff, and it's like it's t- this is it, this is it, this is it with like the random bird guy. And I love the cinematography. <laughs> like, I love the cinematography afterward as they they keep talking, they keep saying the same things, but like each other's finishing her sentence. Uh, it's gonna to be then the king chimes in a disaster because they're talking to each other but then it overlaps and just like yeah i like i like that we have the the wonderful dinner scene that makes me hungry every time i watch it yeah the um the feast. Them, the, oh my was it um like them having the whole dinner scene um was it so so i just i i can actually think of a good bit of the lines and stuff because i've watched it so many times whenever i've like you know been eating food and stuff it's like so i assume that any children of yours would be ogres, ogres. Yes. yes there's nothing wrong with that right harold then, oh no no nothing wrong that isn't until you that isn't assuming that young. you don't eat your own young and then, and then while they're all fighting oh. the mom is just like i love a nice family meal <laughs> dinner is <laughs> like slowly seeing her brown on her face do you know what my favorite scene in shark uh-huh. it's another food scene the drive-through scene uh-huh oh with, my god i like that what's the best <laughs> villain ever which we haven't even mentioned. Uh-huh. The fairy godmother. The godmother. Like, she's, she is a good villain. I like how manipulative she is and, like, how smart she is as a villain. How, like, how was it? We learned that Prince... Isn't Prince Charming, like, her son or something? Yes. Yeah, um, I like that whole thing there. Um, I like, was it? I, I like that the whole movie is basically Shrek having to come, you know, realize that, uh... You know, like he is who he is and stuff yeah. like that, and he doesn't need to change himself. Um, uh, you know that whole thing there. I like it was cool seeing. Um, it was uh, we get the introduction to uh, another great uh, main character along Doris. with Shrek and Donkey, Doris. the infamous Doris. <laughs> the, the, the ugly stepsister. <laughs> was it a uh, Puss in Boots? The um yeah, was it? It was it was cool. You know what's weird is watching Puss in Boots two, The Last Witch, but his also design. going back to this his and design. realize his like his, his it's a lot more sucked. like fuzzy. Yeah, no, it's a lot more like fuzzy and stuff. To the modern one, we'll get to Puss in Boots two later because it's technically in the Shrek series. But uh, what what mm. movie? What movie? What's Shrek 2's direct sequel? Hmm. What uh, came after Shrek two? I was it? I, I was gonna say that. Um, was it? I'm surprised we didn't talk about the the. Uh, uh, I need a hero scene since yes, that's no, a really good that. finale to the movie. Best movie uh, climax again. Ever. I need a hero. It's so it's so jam packed and it's so like uh, it, it's so like emotional and so like everything culminates to that i love that they bring back the muffin man when i first yes. watched the movie i was not expecting them to bring that joke back i was like oh yeah, my god the they muffin brought man. back the muffin man joke and they bring back uh, the, the muffin, muffin man, man in uh, scared trekless which is actually a pretty solid special Mm-hmm. Was it the uh that there and stuff? I'll still say that human Shrek disturbingly looks, looks a lot like, like me. Same, same. No, like remember we uh, talked about this. It looks like a mix of both of us. 
Uh-huh. Like, just I was, shave I was, your beard, yeah. it'll look like you more. Me, it's still kind of like, I don't need to, I don't have a beard, so he just, he looks like, I look like a young version of Shrek. Mm. Like, I was, was watching it, it with um... my mom, and, and, I, and as soon as Shrek turned human, I just looked at it, and then looked at her, and I was like, that looks like me! Uh-huh. I like, I said that to my mom as well. I said, hey, that human Shrek kind of looks like me. And my favorite joke in the whole movie is them getting arrested on the TV. Yes, and it's like, so clever. Do you, you know, got, what, do they, you know what it's they, a reference was to? It they, do you know what the opening is a Yeah, to? I know. No, when they say white Bronco. Yeah, I know. OJ Simpson? <laughs> I, yeah. They do an um, OJ like the, um... reference in Shrek 2. No, here's the thing. They... <laughs> here's the clever part about the scene they get the white guy and they pepper spray him yeah, they, they knock the black guy to the ground and say police uh -huh. it's like police they brutality. they get the black police guy brutality. and it's like police brutality and then they get the mexican one and they find the drugs catnip it's catnip I, I don't think there's any stereo there's totally no stereotypes at all <laughs> That, that okay if you do a joke like that i think that's a really clever way to do it it is and that i think that's what they meant because like eddie murphy uh -huh. and police brutality is such a funny thing. <laughs> okay but I um how they, i love how uh -huh. they might have planted it on him because you could see them sort of like do something they could have planted the catnip on him Put some boots over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, gee, I wonder what the direct sequel to uh, Shrek 2 is. I'm still thinking. Uh, it feels definitely. like... Hmm. What year did it come out? I hmm. don't think it came out in 2007. I just think that's a random year for a Shrek sequel. I don't think it works. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it could yeah, came out in think... like 2010, maybe. I yeah. Feel like, I feel I, like, I, I, yeah. I feel like it would have a special title. It would not be called Shrek the Third. Because why have yeah. Shrek 3? But it also wouldn't be Shrek 3 because that was two's thing. So I think it would be called like Shrek Forever After or something. Yeah. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think, that's yeah, it. I think, I think that's what it is. Do the roar. <laughs> Do the roar. <laughs> I like the, um, I will be completely honest. I don't feel like I don't feel like us talking about Shrek the Third would even work because I've never even watched it. I have. Uh, I have. It sucks. It's worse, yeah, than, it's right. worse than people said. I wrote an essay. Uh, I wrote a five five page essay on why it's a disgrace to the Shrek franchise. <laughs> and that's it. Not even um, a joke. Shrek, from what I've seen from like Scruffless's videos and stuff, he doesn't even learn anything. The whole they're trying to get across that he learns parenthood or something like that, but he doesn't really. He yeah. just learns to give a speech in front of a bunch of people, and, which and the Justin turns them good. The Justin Timberlake King isn't even in the fourth movie. The fourth movie has a montage in it that just shows they have kids, which just absolutely defuncts the entire th third movie's existence. You do not need it. You could get rid of it and nothing in the Shrek universe would change. Mm -hmm. Heck, the whole the whole donkey baby, the whole donkey dragon babies thing, isn't that like a thing Shrek that happens too. after the credits in Shrek 2? No, right yeah, so literally... Literally, Shrek the Third is the or crappy filler episode. Before Love and Live and La Vida Loca. Yeah, it's like there's an episode of Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad where it's just a fly going around a room for like 40 minutes. And it's, a calm, it's, a, it's a calm before the storm episode that's just a bunch of filler. Uh -huh. And the whole reason is like it's, uh -huh. it's some symbolic stuff because the next episode is like one of the most action packed 
episodes. Mm-hmm. Let's it's yeah. So let's move on to. So let's let's move on to Shrek Forever After. Oh my gosh, this is it is a great movie. Underrated. The way I like, I like the way they present because I like the fact that um, the, the funny one I do actually like Rumpelstilts. He's another unique villain and stuff. Yeah. Like was it Shrek the Third just repeated? Prince guy from the yeah, second movie. He's a unique. He's a unique villain that is fun to watch, and it's kind of so cool how his plan actually sort of works. Um, I like, I like the um, I like the whole thing that Shrek gets like tired of like his life with like everything here, and I and I remember like watching videos of like saying that what he says to Fiona outside of like the party place is really mean spirited. But to be honest, that's like real life. Sometimes you say something really bad to a person that you feel justified in at the moment because you're so caught up in yourself. Yeah. Uh-huh. He just love- says that he wants to go back to when the world made sense. To back when he was an ogre. But it's crazy. Uh-huh. Rumble Stiltskin has the one of the most evil, coolest plans ever. He decides to just take a day from his life, and he takes the day he was born. That's, and that's yeah. genius. It's sort of like a wonderful life. In yeah, a way, like it's like a wonderful life. life. Uh huh. And I and like, was it? You know, we get to see what the what it, I I do like the whole montage scene with Shrek going into the village and scaring everybody. Yeah, and I, I like the song them. they play. Along. I love the. I, uh-huh, love, was I really it? like the um later on the um the uh, ogre la- uh, land without Shrek where it's a bunch oh. of ogres. Uh, ogre like was it them having a secret rebel? The yeah. secret rebellion with like Fiona and stuff and everything. Yeah. Um, there was a guy who I like. Tacos. It's my chimichanga stand. Chimichanga. That's <laughs> it's my chimichanga stand. Chimichanga We're all gonna stand. get hungry after this fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the um, was it? I do. Was it? It's kind of neat seeing like how everything would have been if Shrek was never meant to be, and they did sign that contract. Um, like the way they do that, I like how the movie, it's funny because Shrek kind of, you know how, um, Shrek didn't really believe the whole true love's first kiss, the true love's kiss thing and stuff in the franchise. But then this movie kind of had him be the one that like knows true love's kiss is the way to go with Fiona being the one that he has to teach it to. It's really interesting. Then there's that scene with the... And then there's that scene with the um with the with the cute song and they're like dance fighting in like a they're like fighting in like a loving sort of way. Yeah, like the the way they uh do that. I like the Pied Piper. That was yeah. that was a fun thing. Like the I've having everyone dance to like a flute version of September. Yeah. Like I got Wii Remote. Right it, it was a. Yeah, it was pretty uh, good there. I I just like in general how the movie is basically Shrek learning to like be thankful for it. The whole movie really is like a wonderful life where it's like be thankful for what you have and stuff because uh, one day you might get it. Yeah, and they also um, it's also a lot like it's a wonderful life where they show a world where he was never born. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, donkey, that whole... Don- or not where he was never born when he never made an impact on people. 
Okay, huh? here's a detail yeah. in the also, first Shrek movie. Shrek was a name uh, he gave himself on the spot because he never was asked his name because he just stood by himself uh, his whole life. He just went, what's your name? Uh, Shrek? Like, uh, Shrek. Yeah, so it's it's actually pretty uh interesting there how they... Also, another detail about the first movie is... I don't know, because you know how all the characters are based off of fairy tales? I always felt like donkey is supposed to be one of the kids that were turned into donkeys from pinocchio but like as an adult no that's actually a good theory uh yeah like you know he he's a talking donkey and stuff and it would would make sense and he's like being worked by like the grandma and stuff and everything and then i i like that i like that so he's just like a donkey and stuff chilling and stuff doing all that stuff listen he he was a, he's the one that gets dragon in the end and stuff he gets like the the big one and stuff you know um uh it's kind of uh nice um what is it then there's uh but yeah it's, it's kind of cool but yeah in a total i feel like that was a really cool way they kind of segue that uh with shrek forever after and i like how after you know he sat he like sacrifices him he like slowly starts going after he saves the day like he starts fading away and then he ends up back in um back in yeah. like you know his regular world after he made that big giant scream and he's just thankful yeah. for everything yeah. uh it's really well done gee i wonder if there's some sort of some sort of spin-off spin movie containing a cat an egg and another black cat i i yeah. it's sort of similar to one that i think might have been released recently but i'm oh, not man. too sure about it yeah hold up there's one yeah, about I think an egg have... there's one about an egg it's like super popular um oh wait it's not an egg it's this big fat plum dude they never did one with an egg in 2011 that didn't exist they did one with a plum dude in 2022 yeah. called puss in boots the last witch which was not a sequel for yeah. anything uh-huh yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, I do think I've as Puss in Boots, the first one is another one I've never seen, like the original one. But I will say that I feel like it'll it's most likely less like offensive than Shrek the Third, and it's morally yeah, just, it's just mid. mid, very mid. Uh, and was it um? But yeah, uh, it's Puss in Boots, the last wish holy crap they knocked it out of the ballpark with that movie they definitely did it's so good like everyone was expecting it to just be a mid fest but then they checked on tomatoes 95 they were like oh i'm gonna go watch it and it was so good like god no it did not need to be that good uh yeah it was really it, it was really and it's a really unique way they did the movie it feels like it really did feel like was it um DreamWorks was actually doing better than Disney themselves. They did that year, but this year DreamWorks has sucked. They had Troll yeah. 3 and Teenage Kraken, which was a bunch of mid, their most mid movie to date. I feel like, I feel like, um, was it, uh, yeah, but, yeah, was it Puss in Boots Last Wish? There's just, the whole thing is not only is the animation style really nice, like, like that, 
that 2D, 3D Spider-Verse thing that everyone's doing now, um, which really has seemed like the like the new big thing that animation is really doing since it's like a, a cool yeah. combination of the two. Um, I remember even hearing that like a lot of people felt like the the Spider the, the Spider-Verse way of animation is actually really fun to do apparently. Oh, I know it um, takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I like how everything kind of feels like an illustration in this movie. There's so much, there's so much attention to detail in this movie. You know how, like, was it before we see, was it? I feel like if we're talking about this movie, we should talk about you know like the main cast and like their. We we should split up talking about the villains because. And then end off with okay. the big so traumatizing I, so one. I talk about one villain. You talk about one villain. No, I was gonna say we oh. we all like we both talk about one oh, to okay. one. Um, first of all, the movie itself, I like the whole thing. Actually, actually, not gonna say about the plot yet because the last villain we talked about is literally what the whole, whole plot, plot of the is. movie is about. All right, so um, let's start yeah. off with the minorest of the villains, Goldilocks and the Bears. I'll say is that it's definitely the most disney of the villains because it's the whole oh they redeem themselves in the end but i feel like the way they do it i feel like the way they do it is they sort of like i feel like it was kind of in a way because in a way they were kind of like the most wholesome the wholesome ones that kind of worked as like i like how they had their own drama outside of (laughs) the uh, main protagonist drama yeah and like you know the whole i thought i thought the uh it was kind of cool seeing their dynamic. I like the whole thing of her basically wanting her original parents back, but then like learning to be thankful for what she has. So basically, Shrek Forever After, but in miniature size. Yeah. Um. And, and um, I love how um, they're instead of like this the this normal family who hey the family of bears they find this random orphan in their room and hate her. It's a British crime family. <laughs> that's, I like the that, that is uh, pretty funny yeah. so moving on from that minor one let's go over to the myth the man the legend Jack Horner oh my god he is the most hilarious thing in the so whole funny. movie no no like he has so many good whiners you're not gonna you're not gonna shoot a puppy are you yeah in the face why yeah in the face why no, that, <laughs> like what i like the, had, like uh there's so this much- this i i feel like okay was it what i wanted to say was um without losing a dozen men it's, it's like so this is horrible. Stupid. Your wish is horrible. You're horrible. You you're you're a demonable monster. Oh oh, was it? Wait, so wait, I'm trying to think. Idiot. idiot. Oh oh, what took you so long, idiot? It's it's so fun. I like the fact that this movie feels like the good the. Was it how you'd say it feels like the, the glory days of Pixar? You know, finally up and running again with them basically making fun of things from disney but this time with more modern stuff with jack horner being the big you know yeah the big the, the big, big thing that everyone needs just a villain a villain no like was it a villain that just uh, is a villain wasn't redeemable that is a villain like he was just a villain i know but like every disney movie just decided to either have it be a twist villain or a villain who is redeemable 
Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And after, um, after we talk about the villains, then we need to talk about them big three characters. Poor yeah. Pegasus. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was it? It's just Jack Horner being so, so hilarious. Fine. I like the way the he's the best so way good. to describe him. The, the best way to describe it is like he feels like the gamer in the movie like he hey he's got all the collectibles he's he's mastered everything he just needs this one less collectible and he's using everything in his arsenal to make his way yeah. to what he needs in he the end it, it, it's actually he probably spends every day just um just like eating eating doritos and mountain dew while playing counter-strike uh, it was like, oh, I'm gonna tear you up, plum plum, and then I'm gonna wear your clothes. That was, that was weird. That's my favorite scene. Oh, I'm gonna bust you up, plum thumb, and after that, I'm gonna wear your clothes. That was weird. That's <laughs> it's just shooting back. People made me like so Ameri- American versus British person fight. I'm gonna bust you up, plum thumb, and after that, I'm gonna wear your clothes. That was weird. Pulls out a gun. <laughs> I like the um. I, my favorite meme videos have been Jack Horner meeting um. It, it wasn't these two people having a conversation. Jack Horner and Steven from Steven Universe. Yeah, I, I saw one of those. <laughs> it's absolutely like it's just funny because he has no he is irredeemable but that's what's so enjoyable it's something that we've been missing for so long just an enjoyable villain that's irredeemable yes. Finally, unlike Disney, and now speaking of villain uh-huh let's should we mm-hmm. wait wait well, wait, wait let's be talk quiet, about... be quiet be quiet be quiet i'm gonna do something i'm gonna do something just be quiet. Talk to the fans while I do this. Do not mention anything. All right. All right. Well, gang, how's it hanging today? Yeah, I'm uh, pretty chill. Just doing my own thing. Doing my own thing. Um, Just uh, chilling here. It's been a pretty fun stream so far. Oh no, he's here. Oh no, he's here. I can sense it. Death's knocking at my door. What's up? I'm Death. How you doing? No, but that whistle, that whistle sums up everything about the main villain of the, not really villain technically, but like, he, he antagonist of the movie, Death. Oh my not, god. He's not this just is... a wolf. He is Jesus. death. He's like the force of death as a villain. Uh-huh. Disney would never and, do that. And oh my god, there was so much. Uh, you can go first. You I'll have to say first. is I, yeah, I'll say this is my favorite scene in the whole movie. My favorite appearance of death is the first scene whenever that we see him. So I mean, good. here's the I thing. The final scene. Oh, okay, I okay, before I get but the first scene was so good too. I will say this before I get to that. I love how much foreshadowing he is beforehand in the movie. I mean, was it? Not only is there the whole thing of whenever uh, Puss in Boots is recounting all the deaths he's had, yeah, how many? When he's rec- 
in the opening fight. Hold on, wait a minute. No, before no, no, no. Don't say that. Don't don't say that yet. I'm trying to get to that point. Um, there was you know whenever he's talking about all his deaths, like the things on the borders and the corners are like death and stuff. Whenever there's the big fight going on, you can see him in the shadows in the crowd watching, and then even before that. Whenever he's having the party saying, you know, I'm Puss in Boots and, you know, I was it, you know, saying all the stuff about him. He throws one of his daggers at the wall and there's a wanted poster. And right by that wanted poster, there's claw, there's like marks into the wall that count all the way up to eight. Wow. Because of because of, you know, that's death, you know, talking about how um he's got he's got eight lives and he's about to or I think it was nine. And it was supposed to be like, you know, he's about to lose another one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that scene, she like, you know, he takes down like the milk glass and then you just hear the whistle and he's sitting right there talking about how he's a big fan of his work. Then, then you know, just all of the little subtle hints of him giving that he's death yeah. and stuff. And then having the whole fight between them, not only is really good choreographed, but like, just he is absolutely horrifying in the scene you knew things got real when him puts in boots the guy who's never, never been, been touched by a by blade, blade gets hit literally starts bleeding like blood. after he gets a cut from his head and you see like he starts tensing up and everything and he's like what's that so your your lives flashing are your uh are your lives flashing before your eyes and stuff yeah. and then he sees all the visions with one of them being him traveling with shrek and donkey which is a cool little easter yeah. egg um was it uh but yeah he's like oh i love the smell of fear with like the lightning he is so terrifying i love the i love the like the the you know the the claw thingies that he uses as um as as like a weapon and stuff it's so cool and i love how they how like they do that and everything it's so well done there and like all the other scenes i like that he's basically like this presence that appears anytime puss in boots feels that his life's in genuine danger because here's the thing the the scene wherever they're like shooting the the arrows that make them explode and any other regular movie it would be like oh all of these people are dying and stuff like that but it's a comedic scene so we're gonna skip past it no it gets to the point where puss starts slowly realizing how terrifying the situation actually is and he starts seeing him in the distance he runs away from this from the situation my favorite oh, the, and oh my room. god yeah. then there was the panic attack scene right after that which we'll get into when we talk, yeah we'll get into when we talk about a certain character hopefully you picked up on that uh-huh. but um but my, one yeah. of my favorite things There's... of de- um, death they were in the room with all the lives and then come on puss mm-hmm. you will always live a life of fear fear and he walks in and starts it's such a good monologue uh, he's destroying all of the the his lives and stuff and he like literally explains to him and it's puss in boots it's uh puss in boots's realization that this isn't just some bounty hunter this is death and he's like and i don't mean that as some sort of terminology i'm death straight up i'm death straight up and it's i just so good and then like the final fight and stuff like that countering the first one that they had like was it in the first fight whenever uh puss in boots tries to fight him and stuff he tries to put his dagger down like on him and stuff but then he gets his like sights and stuff and we see a reflection of like puss in boots's eyes looking distressed in like the sights but then in the final scene whenever we see like the fight between them we see through like 
we see like an opposite version of it where like he's attacking him really well and almost like counters um death and stuff and we see the reflection of death's eyes in distress with puss being the <laughs> one that almost got him yeah yeah and like it's just the final fight in general being really cool I'm um sorry. and then i like the, i like the fact that he realized that puss was a changed cat now and just decide you know what live your life you've changed as a person yeah, it's like you know you i will be yeah you can't you know i will be back and yeah mm -hmm. see you later momo which means wolf i think but um it's just so like it proves you can't really escape death uh -huh. but it's better to face it head on than run away from it yeah also i love this this, this is when they first met death i love how they treat cream as a milk as alcohol and when you say another glass of cream make it your heaviest it means the stuff that will f you up uh-huh yeah the heaviest um, of cream oh i keep my heavy stuff in the back That's, that means that uh -huh. stuff will mess yeah. you up yeah um <laughs> i like the fact that the uh the bartender disappears after death appears yeah <laughs> i like um so now we have the uh main characters now we have the the uh we got the uh what what's her name Kitty. uh was it soft paws or whatever soft paws and Perito. uh Perito. yeah um which one should we start off with let's start with Perito because we were we were hinting at him at the panic attack scene uh i like the i i will say this i like the fact that um you know, he really is like he starts was it um he really is just fully positive and stuff like that yeah. and he isn't he he isn't one of those characters who like gets scarred from like something and becomes like badass or something he's just really positive him him almost being killed he just looked back at as a, a funny, funny memory story. as like as a funny story and like puss and kitty are just looking at him because i think what's funny is the fact that um is Kitty was like suspecting him for a while because he was too nice and stuff. I feel like that was the scene. Kitty was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this this person's legit." Yeah. Um. Like, yeah, and I like all the. Uh huh. I like the um the whole thing of them getting by all the obstacles, like the flowers and like the other things with him. Like he's a therapy dog and stuff. Like you know he's like kind of showing how like to get through things like stress and his his um what he contributes to the heart attack scene is really good. Yeah, panic attack, not heart attack. Puss had a heart attack. Pa and panic attack. Too much heavy cream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of that one. Oh my god. Also, I love yeah. I love the two scenes where Preto swears. Uh-huh, yeah, You're that was uh, pretty funny. Knuckle-dragging, honey-scrounging, grub oh, munching yeah, was it the uh was it the panic attack scene? <laughs> the panic the the panic attack scene that was done really well in this movie, having it be like you know, I you know him just having that like panic attack like absolutely terrified and stuff, and Priya doing nothing but just lay his head down on him, so like he calms down is so. It's so say, it's so heartwarming. They don't even say I guess I'm a therapy dog now. <laughs> They actually, they just let you, they let you realize it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the whole thing. It's so wholesome the way they do it. And yeah, I like that he, he just tells he tells like the problems that he has, like Perito and stuff, which I, I think is also pretty nice. Um was it? Uh I think we should uh switch to Kitty now. Yeah. Then we'll then we'll uh, I like that uh, Kitty is like um. I like I think Kitty is like really interesting because her whole thing is her learning to trust again because you know she was done so many it's wrong times in the past and everything. Uh huh. You know all that. Uh huh. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I like that the whole thing is I'm a person. Her and uh, her slowly starting to, um, you know, them slowly starting to try to trust each other again. Yeah. And I like the way that, uh, I really like the mini family that they create with, um, with, uh, was it with Puss being like the, the dad figure, Kitty being the mom figure, and Perito being like yeah, the son. Team friendship. No, no, it's not like family, it's team friendship, you know. Team, yeah, yeah, no, team, friend. team friendship. Team friendship. Thinks that's a horrible name. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. That. That whole thing. Yeah. The way they. I don't. I don't think there's too much to say about Kitty, but just in general, the way they kind of do her thing. Again, it's another great way for representing learning to trust. Unlike a yeah. certain dragon-themed movie. Yeah. Take that. How to train your dragon. It's Ryan and the Last Dragon. That's the whole thing we're hinting at. Yeah. Also, I just have a quick yeah. game, um, J Dog. Guess how many times I've watched yeah. Puss and Boots The Last Wish? Uh. 25. No, not that much. 10, but 10, it's still a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a funnier number. Yeah. Yeah, get it, get it. Oh, oh. 20, 25. 25. Oh, 24. 25. 25. You know what's funnier oh. than 25? Tax insurance. That's stupid. We should have you, I'm going to have you on in the future, another episode, so we could talk about SpongeBob. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> We should talk about the Nick to like SpongeBob, Leo. It should be SpongeBob and Ren Stimpy since the shows are similar. Yeah, that's Ren Stimpy's like your thing. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, let's talk anyways, about the main character of Puzzamoose the Last Witch, Shrek. The cricket. <laughs> the cr I was gonna say the cricket. The, You're the horrible. Cricket. You forgot to talk about the cricket. No wait, let's do let's no, do a I, I like, for the cricket because I like him so much. I like I like the fact that it really is a spin on Jiminy yes. Cricket with yeah. with him literally trying to find anything redeeming about him, yeah. no, but no, just his, his just name, he was voiced by a guy doing an impression of a guy named Jimmy Stewart to get the impress to get the namesake of Jiminy Cricket. Uh huh. The, that's that's the pretty voice funny. Actor was doing an yeah. of a classic actor named Jimmy Stewart. Uh huh. Flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, pretty boss. Yeah, flamethrower, right? Uh huh. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty fun side character. Now let's talk about the main, the real main character, Shrek. Yep. 
They should have checked themselves before they shrecked themselves. <laughs> yeah. I am an ogre. Cut all the chase. Um, Let's just talk about anyways. the main character Fiona. So. Fiona. <laughs> Fiona. Um, have a okay. Movie. They sh they actually oh my! It's 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 funny because there's like that a uh, that really obscure adult animated cartoon yeah, that DreamWorks it's made. Like, it's, it's don't yeah, line. and they had Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And they have like Eddie Murphy come in and everything. And, and it's so like, trippy watching yeah. that. It, it's like a weird dream. It's DreamWorks failed at all cartoon. Uh huh. Honestly, yeah. I but watch um. It. It's called Father. But anyways, but um. Let's talk about Puss in Boots. I'm done. But any. <laughs> okay, but uh, yeah, I really think his character arc is masterfully done. This, this, uh, in this movie, he because his whole thing is he's scared of nothing. Pussy I have nine lives. What should Pussy I be afraid of? Pushmits alone. And I like that this movie is him finally realizing that you know that isn't the best thing. Just being so alone and independent for so long, and him being so vulnerable with him just having his last life. Yeah. It's so it's very well I love done. How he didn't even know uh -huh. how many lives he had until he counted them down, and it was he had one left. Uh huh. No, Actually, imagine like, it was just like how many lives. Character. The doctor is. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, but anyways, was it? Uh, well, imagine if it was like, how many lives do you have left? And he actually counts up to, to nine, and he, and he just dies on the spot. Yeah. No, he just goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Then he just stares into space. <laughs> and then he just, yeah. she falls on the ground. Roll, and the credits oh my roll. God. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but anyways, um, yeah, you got that. Um, yeah, the, his whole care. I like that he has to slowly realize, you know, and I like all of the scenes where he like gets reminded of death's presence. Um, also, fun fact, the part wherever um, I know death putting the coins into his eyes is a reference to some sort of like memorial thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, funny enough, when I first saw the movie, I didn't even know that those were coins in his eyes. I thought he took his pupils out and put them on his fingers. That's crazy. Um, but what is it? Um, yeah, you know, that, uh, whole thing. And I like how he just... Arc. Amazing, very funny, very cool. I actually kind of liked his beard. Uh -huh. Even though they didn't <laughs> I, like I kind of like it. He looked like a pirate. I, I wasn't the... I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I was it. I think because I like again the way they redesigned his character here is so much better than the hyper realism from before. Uh huh. Yeah. Was it? Uh, trying to be hyper realism. Trying to be hyper realism. Yeah. Um. The was it? You know that whole thing. I like him finally facing his fears and stuff, and you know being brave in the face of death, and him finally being the person that he's soft pod ones and stuff, and then ha finally being a part of team friendship, realizing that the true wish was the friends we made along the way. Um. The I, way. I, you know, I feel like if we talk about the last movie, which we'll come up to, for just a decent amount of time, this podcast will hit the three-hour mark. 
Oh my god. This part, post intermission, what? is 1.35 and the first part is 1.13. So if we just go on for a little bit more, then we're going to hit the three hour yeah. mark. So let's, let's go for it. Let, should we segue okay. into our last movie? Here, I'll do the introduction. Yeah. No, 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 hold on. I want to. Okay. Try to trust. No, 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 no. I have a really good. I have a really good. I have a really good thing. We're going to talk about Over the Hedge. No, we're not. We're not talking about Over the Hedge. I was going to. What I was going to say is get ready to blow your seats off at the last masterpiece of movie. It is. Meet Marcel Toying. Meet Marcel Toying. Jill toying. We both had the idea to do a fake out. One sec, I'm just gonna yeah. text my Meet Marcel. You can keep talking. Alright. Keep talking. No, no, this is gonna be on <laughs> Meet Mar Meet Meet Marcel Toying. I of Reddit Toying. Oh Reddit Toying. Yeah, Reddit Toying. Remember? Yeah, uh, yeah. The city. This is a prosperous city. <laughs> How much of a masterful filmmaking that Ratatouille is. Precisely. Alright, text my dad that I'm still doing the podcast, so I'm not going to get dinner right now. Anyway, let's talk about the last movie. For real, this time, our final movie, amazing masterpiece, The Boss Baby 2 Family Business. <laughs> ratatouille. Ratatouille. Alright, let's talk about Ratatouille. Ratatouille. First of all, I'm a rat. First of all, I'm a rat. Hey, why do they call it that? Let's give our opening statements for Ratatouille. Ratatouille is an amazing Pixar's best movie. Their magnum opus, according to that, according to Shifrulis, who had a one-hour video. Go look, Shif <laughs> look up Shifrulis Productions if you want to see that video. But amazing movie, Pixar's magnum opus, amazing story, emotional story, amazing music, amazing everything, masterpiece of a movie. I'm gonna watch later today. Yeah, I was it. Yeah, Ratatouille is so good from like. Everything down to literally everything they do is so masterfully crafted. It is one of those movies that I don't want them to make a sequel on. Yeah, it is. This, this is just the movie to make as a standalone. But I just love how much they set up with it. You know, it's a different kind of movie when it literally opens up with, like with freaking just rain, the dark rain, and like this atmosphere. Uh, with the, and, and like I like I like this like I think it's kind of neat how they have the setting of the movie being like the French countryside at the beginning with them you know like kind of moving up to uh you know like what they want to move up to but I like the fact that we like was it you know having them go the way they are even the just food that they create on their own at the beginning is really good looking which is a point we're going to get to soon yeah. but just the way the way this movie is is so masterfully done it's actually crazy how good this movie is ratatouille is an amazing movie and it is its own experience to watch i know it, it's like it's by far in my opinion it is by far the best Pixar movie. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Like everything about it is a masterpiece. And I love how they even there's a detail I've noticed. Last time I watched it, it was a movie night in my server. I noticed how they don't get you to follow the main character's side completely. Like at some point they give mm -hmm. you a decision on whose side to support. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. First of all, we get it. Was it? You know. Was it? Uh. The. Uh, anime. You know, like the animation's pretty good for Amazing. that year. Um, the music. The. The. The food in this movie is so good. I just every time it's I watch so it, good. Every time I watch it, I just want to go to France, go to Gusto's, and just eat everything there. I want to eat that leek potato eat. soup Remy makes. I want to eat that ratatouille. I want to eat the sweet bread a la Gusto, even though that was supposed to suck. But it's a special order with a special sauce uh, on it, so now it's actually good. Just a little bit. I want to eat everything. Uh, the, foie gras, all the characters are really. Every, every uh, character they have in the movie is really good. I really love the vibe of the kitchen in this yeah. movie. My, my favorite like, scene is the special like order just, scene because they get the restaurant and the kitchen and just ooh, it all wraps together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just get to see all of that uh, sort of stuff. Just uh, was it culminating everything? And the way they do it is uh, really well done. Like, was it... Uh, yeah, just they do that, and also just several of the other scenes in the kitchen. I love all of the characters, and uh, I know I'm just, we're going all over the place with Ratatouille, but uh, first of all, I want to give a mention to the character in the movie that is literally me, um, Linguini. By the way, I dressed up as I, I, I dressed up as him for Halloween and put a little silhouette of Ratatouille in my hat. That's so cool. I, I mean, Remy. Uh, of Remy in my hat. <laughs> I used to think Rat- it's gonna be Remy's a... name was Ratatouille. She was Ratatouille. <laughs> make Remy into Ratatouille. No, are you going to like slice him up or something thinly? Layer it with, so- with his blood and sauce or something? I'm gonna do that. Somewhere. No, 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 no. You gotta, you gotta remove the blood and stuff like that. You gotta. You, how, how does rat taste? Like as a really as gamey. a meat. I think it's really gamey. I've never had it, but I assume it's very uh, gamey. Oh, very gamey. Oh, I hope. Uh, <laughs> I hope they win first place in the battle royale. Do you get it? You said yeah, gamey. I get it. It's just Isn't game. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, Link, we need my favorite character in the movie. Up by Colette. I thought you said Colette was here. Up by Colette is who I meant. All right. Um, yeah. I said um, Colette is my favorite. I meant to say. Yeah, right the, by the, Colette, Link, we need is one of my favorites. That's what I meant to say. They kind of. They they kind of do the whole thing with the B movie, but way better because you don't actually have don't the the animal and the human interacting. No, so it's kind like, of like yes. a difference. You like jazz? <laughs> yeah. Um, I just love the. Was it like they never was it? He never says like his name Remy because how are you supposed to know the no. name of a rat? It's just little chef to him. A uh, little chef. Yeah. Um, but but you know you have that. Um, all the other characters. He's really relatable. I like all the other characters too. Was it Colette is a really great one. I really like that they that her and um. Linguini, uh, was it, uh, got together in the end. I love that whole scene where he's trying to talk to her because, you know, he, he has like a feelings for her and stuff like that, but he also just wanna, wants to risk everything to reveal the truth to her. I like the part where he just yeah. goes, I have this, this tiny, this, this little, and then he looks down and then back oh. up. If you know what that's supposed to be a yeah. joke to yeah. <laughs> this tiny little, <laughs> yeah. um, but was it, um, yeah, that whole thing. It's really, I really like how 
because she's all like scary and like really tough at first but whenever they get into the relationship i like how like much how much she softens up as a character we get to see her more like soft side and stuff moving on uh i love the fact that we get like backstories and like little bits of character for for all the other chefs in the the kitchen my favorite chef is the one who barely speaks and he just really likes setting Uh things on fire I think he's the one who fought, who ran uh, guns for the resistance. Then there's that one scene where he wants to burn the rat, but can't. And uh-huh. he's like all scene. sad about it. Yeah, and then he gets to burn all the frozen food, and he's super happy about that. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. He he ran guns for the resistance. What resistance? No one knows. Apparently, they didn't win. <laughs> um, little world building stuff like that. Like a lot of the stuff they talk about. The chefs in here is very adult. Like they got the one guy in charge of the sauces. Apparently, quote unquote, messed with the ringmaster's daughter. We got the one guy that that's banned from Las Vegas and Montreal and to never play cards with him. We got um uh was it we got um was it they never uh there's that one i forget his name it's like the the this the, the, the blonde I guy killed, with you yeah, know the, this i killed him on the, with this stuff this like he apparently got arrested and it's like no one it's like what he get he arrested for no one knows time. he changed the story every time uh-huh and he's like it, it's so good and then we had got the guy for like the resistance and stuff it's i love all the little backstory stuff oh we see for it's all the, the characters the in here in a movie, and ratatouille is just so good and i love i love all uh-huh. the details with remy's family too with emil uh-huh. emil's an underrated character uh-huh. but like it's such a good movie i can't believe it uh uh-huh. you know that it, it very much uh nice i'll say that this movie got me into like mixing foods and flavors oh, because of how it presents cheese. itself in the movie no, no, uh-huh really i've actually cheese. tried that and i've tried that and like i think i tried like a grape and cheese anyways so yes was it was it appetite is coming tonight and he has a big yeah, ego no, but that movie, yeah that, that is makes me so hungry we'll talk about the other show uh, right now yeah. let's go was it we got um was it the uh the short guy the head chef skinner what's his name again skinner yeah <laughs> Super to Superintendent Chalmers, welcome. I hope you're prepared for an unforgettable luncheon. <laughs> okay, but seriously, I like he is a fun villain character. Like he's just fun to watch. I like the yeah. I like the whole thing with him realizing the truth in that whole meme scene, with him basically becoming paranoid the whole time. He thinks he sees the rat when it's actually there, but yeah. they hide it so well they that he just thinks he's going insane. Uh huh. Um, I guess lights him in the thinking. <laughs> it's like he's trying to make me think the rat's important. Well, is the rat important? No, of course not. He's trying to make me think it exists, even though it doesn't. And he's like he's he's just go losing his mind and stuff. And on that point, like he he's like he's another one that does something very realistic and sort of evil, which is basically kind of shipping his dead friend's face off as marketing. Yeah, which is horrible. Like, you never, you don't uh-huh. think of how evil he actually is. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, that whole, uh, thing, that, that, uh, whole thing there. Um, 
what else? Uh, oh, we there is also nice. Um, there's this other. There's this other character in the movie that is not just a character; it is also a force. Was it? It is a force in the movie. Something big called ego. Oh, I and thought you were gonna talk, I thought you were gonna talk about uh, Remy's dad. He's a force. <laughs> isn't is it, isn't his name like Demo Django. Demigio? It's Django. Django, yeah, it's Django. Django. The Django. And you can only see it on <laughs> that, the script. You could only see it on the script uh -huh. and in one scene where someone goes, "Hey, Django," but it's super quiet. Uh, um, I like the um. <laughs> I like the stock art of him is really funny. Like yeah, it just, just like, and then like the name Jeng. <laughs> so I think. But anyways, I will say, on that note, on that note, I like the way they represent the relationship and the whole thing of him showing Remy the whole rats hanging in the windowsill, which has been said a million times. Yes, yeah. it's a real thing in France. Um, but. I love, like I said, I know a lot of what we're saying is stuff that other people like Scriffless has said, but it's just such a good point to bring yeah. up again and again. Like, this is the fact that it isn't just the whole, oh my gosh, this is really scary, maybe I shouldn't do this. No, Remy stands in his belief down. about what he believes he in the future. Uh -huh. he... uh huh. Like, he's not back down about it. And, like, he says, if you just think the future is just this, more of this, and, it's, and he talks about how, like, there's a way to change this. He says, where are you going? Forward. With, with luck, forward. With luck, forward. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh, yeah. It is really very, uh, well done there. Um, what is it? But yeah, now on to, and I like the fact that the father does accept him in the end for what he's, yeah. for what he's for what doing. And then, and then he, um, was it? Yeah. Um, but on to the big driving force of this movie, um, ego that strikes the main characters and is also a character so was it not only is the fact because i remember there's like some people talking about how like man the characters are so because you, there's the whole thing where whenever remy's having the autograph scene with like rem with a uh, when linguini's having it and remy wants like, credit i'm like you can't get credit remy what are you gonna what's he gonna go like oh look at my hat it's a rat um i still like the fact that the guy who voiced the the, the uh, principal and the Incredibles is the same guy who does Linguini, and he says yeah. the lines, this little rat is guilty. This little rat is, <laughs> little rat is guilty! <laughs> oh my god, it's foreshadowing. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, you know, that whole, uh, thing, I having, was because, uh, I remember, I, I wonder. Um, but the whole thing with um, Ego is the fact that I remember some people <laughs> was it some people were saying like, hey, I mean, Remy's like being a real jerk, even though he's not supposed to show himself. I believe the whole thing is basically, yes, he can't show himself, but at the moment, it doesn't matter because his ego is driving the force right now to like, you know, want to have attention, even though he can't have it. And he just doesn't want to listen to 
Linguini, which is also having a good bit of ego because even after Lemmy, Remy leaves, he just feels like, you know, now I, I can still do this without him and stuff like that. And he still believes full heartedly because because of Remy's fame, he's getting all the fame and he's getting a bunch of ego, too. And it, it, that's what causes the third act breakup, which is one of the few third act breakups that is actually really good. Yeah. Like it's actually a good one. It's actually well written. Um, I like, anything I like the um. Yeah, but like you know, you got that there. Then you have the actual ego character, which Anton. I like is just the physical Anton ego, which is the physical embodiment of ego because he's a snooty word. critic. That was just... my last word. The last word. How? How could it be? Popular. Like, like he just. I like whenever he says it's on the same level as Chef Boyardee. Monsieur Chef Boyardee. Monsieur Boyardee. That's that's funny. Um, but yeah, he's like he's supposed to be the physical embodiment of ego because he's this new cricket critic that just sees things one way and just does that criticism. And it's funny because critics, uh, an -critic. critics love this anti-critic uh -huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And because it was probably just being true to everyone. And we're gonna get to that real soon. Yeah. Um, that really emotional ending to the movie. Um, you have because you have that, um then you have uh yeah, was it? You know, everyone's panicking because it's the big night that Ego's here. Linguini doesn't know how to do anything. And then after a while, Remy decides after, you know, they have, you know, Skinner coming in and try to do his last evil haha -ha scheme. He decides to make it in, finally stand up, and like, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, a rat, and they're gonna go and kill him and stuff. But then I like the fact yeah, I like the fact that in so many other movies, it's just like, see, see, whenever they have the third act wake up and they get back to, and, you know, they become friends again. It's usually like, so things are good now. Yes, things are good now. Let's go and do this here. Even with without saying anything, he in Linguini naturally involuntarily goes and defends his friend, even though he had a really bad fight with him last. And he tries to prove to everyone that this is is the truth and that you know he he has no talent but this little rat has been the one controlling him yeah. and that he knows this idea is insane but it just might work and they just have to listen to him and in any other okay no, yeah uh and and any other movie would have just said oh well guess what the power of teamwork is gonna push us through and we're gonna do whatever you say no here they all quit. Every single they, one. They even throw their hats. Even, in. even Linguini's girlfriend. And and it's all done without any words. You just see the the disappointment in their eyes, and they all walk out. This is so far fetched and stupid of an idea, and also the fact they are lied to that they just give up. They yeah. all walk out. It's how, it's how as we see that scene liar, of. It's how you do a liar reveal movie good. Uh huh. They just. It, it's realistic. They just feel disappointed and they all just leave and stuff mm -hmm. and you know that he feels like really sad and stuff and 
Remy decides to finally get his clan and do all the food and everything in that really awesome scene. It all culminates with with you know them all making the food with the great OST with Linguini coming in with the bombastic overture coming in whenever he sees everyone cooking. He decides to go in those swift skates and goes around the whole entire waiting room taking everyone's orders, which is really cool. And then we get a shot of Cola on a motorcycle going to a book, uh, walking past, causing a lot of traffic jams and stuff. And then she looks at a bookstore. And it shows Gusto's famous uh-huh. cookbook, Anyone Can Cook. Then she has a second realization. She comes back to the, to the restaurant, but then realizes what the hell is happening. Why is there rats cooking? Uh, and, and then he he convinces her you know yeah, he, you know this you know he's just before he's he's like you know I, he actually she doesn't even he doesn't even convince her he just yeah. says listen if i may think this for a second second i'll change my mind just tell me what the rat wants to cook <laughs> and so the, the, he brings up ratatouille then they make the ratatouille which, which as a kid i thought was colored dish. pepperoni ratatouille's a peasant dish uh-huh. by the way or at least the stew not the fancy version so uh-huh. you're like ratatouille a peasant dish you think the critic wants that but but here's the thing he knows so Remy has a feeling that he knows this might strike a chord yeah. so he goes he makes the food they bring it out to him and then the moment happens the moment where the critic decides to take you know he writes down his notes whenever he sees the food he takes one bite then he just gets an explosion of nostalgia from eating this of him like you know like coming home after bruising himself then getting a warm meal from his mom of ratatouille and for the first time in years he drops his pen and, and enjoys genuinely his... enjoys what he's eating he actually just genuinely enjoys it he likes the food instead uh-huh. of goes okay he actually eats it like a meal instead of criticizing it. Like, I feel, I know the point Ratatouille's trying to make. Watch a movie, like, for fun. Don't be super critical about it. Don't get a pen and paper and write things about it. Just sit down and watch it and enjoy it. There are movies you yeah, can't it's... enjoy. Like, there is food you can't enjoy, but. Uh huh. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, just enjoy like and he just enjoys something after so long i've already stated that that scene in and of itself is speechless and and of its own and it's literally the the best scene in the whole entire movie because of how much it says without saying a single word after closing hours they bring remy in and show him he genuinely goes in and sees all of like what remy is doing and stuff then after he he says thank you for the meal and leaves without another word his review appears in the paper and even though i can't recite all of it i genuinely have to say this is the most emotional scene in the movie to me along with the him eating the food because of the fact of how real his statement is and his review of him talking about how critics the whole thing with critics it's so true to life the whole thing with critics is that they like people enjoy criticism more than actual like emotion about thing and that's more likely to read that and that kind of just sours the taste of anything that of enjoying anything in the first place and that basically in a way just giving chance to something new instead of being critical of every little thing something is doing is the right direction to go this is a man who's experienced a breakthrough in his life and is instead of instead of just writing the whole standard review he decides to write down his genuine thoughts from his heart and even though he does get fired because of it 
even though he does get fired because of it, he still turns out good with him becoming a... Was it, what does he become? He invests in... Small business investor. He invests in the new restaurant because Gusto's gets closed. Uh-huh. Yeah, so like, you know, he enjoys... It's unpredictability. It's unpredictability. So he goes and does that. They make their own little restaurant and stuff. This cozy little restaurant yeah. where Linguini, Remy, and uh, Colette visit it. And then we open, yeah. we close with a beautiful shot of France, yeah. Paris, France, mm-hmm. with the Ratatouille sign. Yeah. Holy crap. This the, Here's the thing. The thing with, I remember I said this in the comments section of ego speech is i know this is a weird thing to bring up but it's my genuine thought to any time pokemon releases anything new because nowadays everyone just talks about oh this is a thing bad with this thing this is a thing bad with that thing it's not like the old days just enjoy it or like try to like give a chance to game free doing something new for a change like that's just the whole thing then okay, then you can complain. But I'm pretty sure you're gonna find something of value. Uh huh. Yeah, something of value of anything. Just like, I'm, enjoy I'm very, I'm very life of being critical. I'm very critical about mid-season SpongeBob, but that's because the the episodes I complain about, there is nothing of value in there. So I'm kind of allowed to. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of allowed to criticize. Yeah. That. I mean, and like I said, I mean, the movie itself isn't like a whole like, oh, there shouldn't be any criticism at all. The thing is, is criticism. I think the thing of the movie is it isn't downplaying criticism in total. It's sometimes you just have to put down criticism because sometimes just enjoy something. Yeah. Instead of being critical about every single thing in life. Just enjoy. Just just put down your pen in something for once and just take it in as is and i think Uh that is an amazing note to end on for today yep thanks for being on the podcast jdog over three hours wow Mm -hmm. yeah it's a world record here i'm glad that i could be here and see this is what i'm talking about we talk about movies so much that can go on for hours i'm glad i could be here and be a great guest Mm -hmm. yeah um well anyone watching the podcast thank you for watching i'm glad i could be here i don't want to i would say everyone how about you go everyone, <laughs> some, um, some of you guys uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just huh? say my thing everyone go check out j-dog's channel oh hold on yeah thank uh, you yeah. i'm trying to point to your screen from my screen but it's like not how I'm trying to point oh. to your screen, but it's it's reversed. There we go. Go to yeah. his channel right here. Go check it out. He makes mm-hmm. great videos. Very consistent, unlike me. Yeah, but yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. Okay, but like, but I was it. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not gonna be one of those people. I've always believed that. Like, I'm. I've never been one of those people that are just like, I've learned that 700 of my people who watch me aren't subscribed how about you go subscribe and click the bell no if you like my content make the decision on your own if you like want to subscribe or not just 
but thank you for for telling like your audience to go check out my channel because I make yeah. great parody videos, I make great meme videos, I great I make review videos. I just do a bunch of random stuff. But yeah, I if, enjoy if, what I make. If any of J Dog's fans are watching, if he like promotes it or something, you can do that if you want. Like I was on JP's podcast, I was on Solar Flare Support's mm. podcast. If you feel so inclined to do that, um, and your people come over here, if you want, if you want videos like this, podcast episodes, gaming reviews, shorts, fun, just fun videos, you can subscribe to me if you want. But like J Dog said, you don't have to. Only subscribe if you enjoy. I don't want blind subscribers. Not that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, let's wrap up. Yeah. That was an amazing episode. Three hours. Just a great way to all do mm -hmm. it. Thank thanks for being on one more time. Yep. I'm your host. See you guys next time. This host. is J Dog McFly. And this is Solar Flare824. And and cut. Cut. <laughs>